Welcome back to another episode of the No Further Comments podcast, a.k.a. the NFC. I'm your co-host, Alex Meacham, and to my left, as always, is the talented Mr. Glenn Riley. Oh, what's going on, man? Episode number 14. 14. But before we before we jump into the Jersey game, I want to give an update real quick. And uh, I know last episode, uh, we dedicated the show to my good friend Ish um, out in L.A. who was uh, battling cancer. And um, just an update this morning, my good friend Ish passed away, and he and he passed away uh, very quickly. Uh, like I said before, on last episode, he developed uh, pancreatic cancer, and I think it was the end of June, July, and uh, took his life pretty quickly. And um, definitely want to dedicate this episode to him. Definitely a good friend, um, big fan, big fan of Tribe Called Quest. <laughs> he was a, he was a huge fan, and he really couldn't wait uh, until this album came out. And and Glenn, the the crazy thing is that his state, just where he was mentally, he never got a chance to absorb the Tribe album. Oh, that's sad. I was, yeah. I was gonna say it was, it was crazy that he was able to get it in, but I guess yeah, yeah. And it was sad. We we were hoping he made it through Thanksgiving, but you know he was just quickly, you know, kind of quickly fading and deteriorating, and I guess. Things started to shut down. Oh, okay. I think two nights ago. So, so yeah. Um, not, not to move things to a to a uh, to a sad note, but I just just thought it was important to uh, say that because you know you had a you had a friend as well that that passed away from cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, a couple years ago. Uh, my friend Shonda. But yeah, it's um, it's crazy, man. Life. You gotta um, enjoy the moments. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the podcast here, episode number fourteen, and we're going to play the Jersey game. Let's start off with baseball. Uh, I, I can't think of any anyone of local interest <laughs> on, on this one. It's weird. Fourteen is like um, probably the the biggest local number in sports, really. But um, obviously, Pete Rose, no doubt, the God Pete Rose, the God, the the the, the Western Hills <laughs> God, Peter Edward Rose. Well, I tell you what, they love. Not only do they love Pete Rose in Cincinnati, but they love Pete Rose on the West Side. On the West Side, he, he, he ride or die. I mean, he, he he's the icon, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know where there should be some sort of a uh, a sculpture like um, as as you cross through the viaduct <laughs> to to <laughs> to let people know you're in, you're in in, in um, per country. I've said that for years. I don't know why they don't have anything. At, you know, for Pete Rose out there, didn't he go to West High? He did. Yeah, I mean that that, that school should just be a a, a big red fourteen. <laughs> I mean, as soon as you walk in, because I mean Pete Rose is just a legend. Like like I know Pete Rose is a hot button topic nationwide, but but Pete Rose is so like like I don't give a f Cincinnati that that I mean you just gotta you know. It, it it represents something deeper, and, and what I love about Pete Rose is I feel like just of a certain generation, everyone has a Pete Rose story. Yeah, like everybody met Pete Rose and has some sort of story with him. Yeah, P- P- Pete Rose is just wilding out, and it's like he he was you know he was having his affairs. Apparently, he give his uh, mistresses his, his wives like um, red Corvettes. He had the the Beatles haircut. There's so much iconography surrounding Pete Rose. More the reasons why he should be in the Hall of Fame. No, no doubt. Who else you have? Uh, that's about it in baseball. Uh, the great Andres Galarraga, who who is a, 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 a I was a big fan of. I, I remember this off the bat, but I posted up a thing a few years ago. 
Andres Galarraga, if I'm um, not sure, but but I believe he ended his career on 399 home runs. And it seems to me somebody could have let that man get, get, get 400. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I can be good with 397. I could be good with 398. But 399? That's a tragedy, and, and 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 if you're listening out there, Big Cat, I I got you on this one. You you were, you were done wrong. What about Ernie Banks? Oh yeah, Mr. Cub. Yep. Also said he passed away um, a couple years ago and never got to see um, the Cubs win a World Series. Yeah. In his mind, they never won. Yeah, period. I know. I mean, so that that that's that's because he would have been a big. Um, all the people who are like classic Cubs, I don't think. Uh, Really made it. I mean, I guess Ryan Sandberg. And, yeah. And Hawk Dawson. The Hawk. Yeah. The Hawk. Yeah. Um, one just, I know this is a little bit off, but Willie Mays wore number 14 in 1951. Okay. When he won Rookie of the Year. Okay. And then he, and then I guess somebody else had his number and he had to, he had to buy it off him. I think, um, I forget the guy's name, the second ever, um, Larry Doby, I think, wore, um, Number fourteen. He was the guy. Who, Who's that? He's the first black player in the American League. Okay, and it's kind of slept on because it was like, like two months after, two or three months after Jackie Robinson. So I mean, he basically had you know, yeah, the same thing. And he he don't get no pub, no love. Yeah, where, 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 where's the Doby movie, people? <laughs> fourteen, the, the Larry Doby story. Basketball. Uh, once again. The, your boy, <laughs> your, your 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 friend and colleague, um, the big O uh, Oscar Robinson. You know what? I found out something about the big O statue. So they have a big O statue in front of the uh, Fifth Third Arena at the University of Cincinnati, and it has him dribbling the basketball. Uh-huh. And so um, I think it was two weeks ago when you see the the football team had a game. I was waiting for a friend to get there, and I'm sitting in front of the big O statue by myself. Okay. As you as you normally do to contemplate, <laughs> so all these people walk by and touch the basketball that he's dribbling, and then <laughs> That's so a thing? well it was like sixteen people. Oh wow! And then this one guy goes by and he touched the basketball and he looks at me and he goes, "Have you touched the basketball?" And I'm like, <laughs> "No," but everyone else has. I was yeah. like, "What's the deal with that?" He goes, "Well, that's what everyone does." I never, all my years, I've I've never heard of that. I've never seen it. I'm a Bearcat guy, but yeah, I've yeah, never. No yeah, you're Mr. Bearcat. I've never sat. I never just sat there in you, front you of you. You are to the Bear Bearcats what Ernie Banks is to the Cubs, <laughs> and, and, and yet you don't know about this tradition. Nope. Like so, nope. you, you rode the basketball for good luck. Yeah, like like uh like the wood at the Apollo. Yeah, before yeah. Before you go on. Yeah, that that, that that's that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so Big O with the Royals, number yeah. fourteen, the Cincinnati Royals. Um, yep. Um, Cincinnati Garden still standing for for at least a couple more weeks. Yeah, yeah, where the where the Royals played. Um, who else is fourteen? Uh, well, Sam Perkins. Okay, I guess that's that, my guy. That, that that that's pretty big, low. Big smooth, big smooth. That's low on the scale. Sleepy Sam. <laughs> yeah, that is low on the scale. Bob Cousy. Okay. What was the deal with you know Koozie and, and the Big O didn't get along? No, don't they, like each other. They didn't set horses, as no. they say. No, I think didn't didn't Koozie trade him or well, something, something well, Koozie um, um, was the coach 
And at some point in the Royals um, tenure, Bob Cousy decided he was going to be a player coach. And, <laughs> and that's what I usually do. Yeah. And, 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 and Oscar didn't take kindly to that. I was often wondering like what was going on that um, he didn't get number 12. Cause that was his college number uh-huh. when he, when he went pro, I don't know if somebody already had 12 or not, but I don't know. Do you think Bob Cousy rubs the Oscar right. basketball? When he was? Is Bob Cousy, st- Bob Cousy still alive, no, I guess. I Is he? Is he? I, I think so. Is I, I mean, I Red Arbeck's dead, but, but, but I, think, yeah. I think Bob Cooley's still alive. Huh. Yeah. Football. Uh, local great Ken Anderson. Yep. The God Ken Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ken Anderson was like, the, that, was, that was, when I first got to football, that was like, that was the team, the, the Ken Anderson, um, Chris Collinsworth team. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Ken Anderson was a, a beast. And, and, and there's a case to be made that he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, that was when um, they pretty much like perfected the West Coast offense, and you know it's a shame because that was invented in Cincinnati, but mm-hmm. it, it got you know gained fame under Joe Montana, right? His punk head number, but um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got Dalton, um, Andy Dalton. We have Brad Johnson who won the um, Super Bowl yep. with um, Tampa Bay. Uh, who else is fourteen? It's surprising that there's no receiver of note, um, mm-hmm. being that that's kind of a thing. I mean, Jarvis Landry Jr. wears the thing, but yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting that baseball, basketball, and football the the Cincinnati folks. I mean, those are those are yeah, those those are your most popular, largely the Taiwan. Yeah, and, and, and my favorite soccer player of all time, the great Frenchman Thierry Henry, who who, who should have won um, Player of the Year, and I think it was '04 when. The Arsenal team swept through the premiership without a loss. There you have without, it. Yep. Well, all right. Well, let's let's move along to uh, the NFL Week Eleven. The Week Eleven leaders in the AFC East. The Pats are eight and two. And uh, let's see, uh, AFC North. The Ravens are five and five. The Bengals three six, and we can't forget the one. It's, it's it's a lost season at this point with, with AJ and Giovanni getting injured. I, I think we can we can start um we can start the advanced scouting on on, on the collegians. So um, I asked you this last week. I'm going to ask you again this week. Does Marvin Lewis have a job at the end of the year with the yeah, Cincinnati so. Bengals? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, hey, now he's got built in excuse. True. With the injuries, maybe Charlie Strong will be the Bengals coach. We're going to get to Charlie <laughs> Strong a little bit later. There were twelve. Missed extra points this week in the NFL, and the Bengals attributed to two of those. They need to get rid of that rule. Literally no one was calling for this. In the NFL, every offseason or two, they want to start tweaking with the rules. This is so right. stupid. No no one said to themselves, you know what? I'd like um, kickers to, to be deciding more NFL games. <laughs> and, and and it really um, messes with, with the point spreads. You yeah. Because if, if, you know, you lose uh, a bet by – Someone missing a field goal. I mean, that, that's that's got a you know that makes for a bad Sunday. Do you think Roger? <laughs> you think Roger Goodell has a job much longer? Oh yeah, he's making money for the owners. Hey, I, I I wouldn't get rid of him if 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 I was the owner and they're the one who, who you know essentially is boss and determines tenure. So yeah, I mean, you're not about firing anybody. I mean, I'm saying the interest he he serves the interest of the owner right. so as long as you're making him cash i mean if the raids continue to fall but I mean, you can't put that on him i bl- i blame i blame cnn for that <laughs> how about the bearded bengal's fan that was great 
just got arrested for pushing weight. I think it war- was in Warren County. Yeah, Warren County, I believe. He, I mean, he is. For those that don't know, there's there's a there's a Bengals fan who's grown a beard. I think he grew the beard because he lost a bet. Okay. Um, or he, you know, he had some bet that he had to grow this beard out and beard out. So the beard became, um, you know, basically artwork. Okay. You know, he would put stripes in it, the Bengals stripes. He would do all these. Crazy I thought things. he was like a mixture. He was trying to be. Like, he was. He's like a Bengals and a Reds fan. So that's like the the combination of both. I thought that's what the deal is. So his face is orange, but he dyes the beard red. And he puts the stripes in it, so. Oh, I don't. I've only I've only seen him with the the Bengals stuff, so you could be right. Yeah, what's well, it? Bengals slash Reds fan on on, oh, okay. on the site? Yeah, yeah. So what was he pushing? I don't know. I, I mean, nowadays Her- I would heroin. just assume Aaron. I, I, I said who who they think on the move that heroin. <laughs> so That's terrible. <laughs> in the AFC South, the Texans are six and three. In the AFC West. The Raiders are seven and two, and they play tonight. The Raiders, the Raiders versus Houston, and they're playing in, in Mexico, yeah, in, in the oldest stadium on on the planet. <laughs> really, Estadio Azteca. How old? I don't know. It, it, it's not that it's old. It's just that it, it's not really. It's not up to American code, right? And this is where um, the Mexican national team plays when, when, um, they play the U S and apparently that stadium is just a, like a madhouse, Like it's super close to the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know. In the NFC East, the Cowboys are nine and one. Any stopping the Cowboys? Uh, as long as everybody stays healthy. I mean, you got, I mean, and I guess you can, you can even afford an injury at quarterback now. So, I mean, they, they've got True. the the line and they got, um, Ezekiel Elliott, so I mean, that looks like like that's um, full steam ahead right now. Yeah, didn't he just break some rushing record that? Uh, I think he broke the Cowboys, the Cowboys like, rookie record. Yeah, yeah. Mm, who was that? Who held that? Tony Dorsett. I would assume Dorsett. Emmitt, I think, um, okay. was either injured or held out like his rookie year. So he didn't play like all of the games his rookie year. So that was always kind of a a thing that like Emmitt's not have any like Dallas rookie records. Okay. Well, here we go. In the NFC North, the Lions are six and four. The Vikings are six and four. In the NFC South, the Falcons are six and four. In the NFC West, the Seahawks are seven and two. It's a lot of mediocrity out there, no doubt. Yeah. Monday night, Houston, as you said, Houston plays the Raiders tonight. Yeah, I'm not watching it. the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into college football. The AP top five. At one, Alabama, two, Ohio State. At number three, Mario's Michigan Wolverines. At number four, Clemson. And number five, Wisconsin. Let's let's just get right to it. Ohio State versus Michigan. Um, Mario and Glenn, I'll let you guys take the stage. Just go ahead and argue. Uh, I don't know. I, I think we'll probably win. Apparently, the point spread is, is seven and a half, which, which, which seems steep. But, I mean, you know, they're, they're two equal teams. I think we – Generally, are considered to have the better talent um, and the better quarterback. Um, Michigan has the better defense, and you know it's, it's at Ohio, so there you have it. But I mean, I'm I'm not confident. You know what I'm saying? I I I think um, Urban normally frames games pretty well and and gets the team up for the big games, and they've normally beat Michigan. But I mean, this is like if they beat Michigan this year. Michigan could just shut it down for a couple of years because the talent is so young with Ohio State, and this is kind of like, you know, 
I'm not saying a, a high watermark for Michigan, but this, you know, Jabril Peppers would be gone next year. And it was kind of like, this was the year in which, you know, that was, that was kind of leading to that. But Marl's been rolling his but, eyes. But, for... but if it, it, I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, <laughs> I'm saying you got a shot this year, Mario, but it, but if it doesn't go down um, this year, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a cold winter. Go ahead, at, Mario. Ann Arbor. Go ahead, Mario. As I, as I sit here and I listen to Glenn, cold winter. I won't say that everything that he's saying is total BS because it's not. Because it's not exactly. I will say this: <laughs> when I look at the way things have been trending in college football with Ohio State, every game that they're supposed to win and blow people out, they end up being close games. Yeah, the games that are, that are supposed to be close, i.e., the Oklahoma and the Nebraska game, they've blown them out. This game is supposed to be close. Well, so I, I, I think Michigan let, may lose. Let me let me jump in and let me say something. And, and just because I have a little bit of, a little bit of experience with Urban Meyer, I think that has a lot to do with how Urban Meyer coaches. I think he's a great big picture thinker, and I think a lot of things that he does is very strategic. Because when he was at uh, Florida, he did some things similar to that, and I think sometimes that's strategic with him. He's trying different things and he's preparing. He does a great job, I think, with looking at the season as a whole. Yeah, and I always wondered. Does it when you think you're gonna win? Do you just kind of go vanilla uh, with the game plan with games proceed? Cause I was really worried about the Michigan State game because Michigan State is you know the past. I mean, what two of the last three years Michigan State has been the 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 thing that kept us out of the championship game. Yeah. Well, let's let's do this real quick. Uh, so, Glenn, give us a score. Uh, twenty. No, I'll say thirty-one, twenty-seven. Woo, Mario. I'm going Michigan. I'm I'm gonna pick them to win, but I'm giving them 28-25. 28-25. Yeah, okay. There you there you have it. There you have it. How about um how about Paul George for for, for the MVP? <laughs> it's November. It's I, November. I, I looked up I looked up on a, a a betting site and they gave his odds at um Paul George? Yeah. Uh, 500-1. Hey, so you're just telling me he got a chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get, I'll get that gift card. What time is that game on uh, on Saturday? Uh, I assume it's 3.30, but I'm, I could be wrong. I haven't checked. It's 3.30? Yeah. Okay. Game of the uh, Game of the year so far. Everybody's waiting for that one. Yeah. Um, so on, on on Saturday, my Florida Gators had a tough one versus uh, LSU, and they were able to – I know, Mario. They were able to pull that out. That was a crazy game uh, to the finish there. So that that gives the uh, Gators the SEC East Championship. They were in LSU, right? They, hmm? were, at, they were at LSU, right? They were at LSU yeah, because yeah. of the whole yeah, yeah, that, hurricane that, yeah, thing. So, so LSU was really – LSU might be – I mean, that, that that's – you know, obviously a job opening, so it's going to be musical chairs this offseason. Oh, yeah, no no doubt, because that coach from LSU, the, the interim coach, is not going to get that job. I just want to give a shout-out real quick to Jack Del Rio, son. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Well, he's he's hurt. Yeah, but he's still on the team. That's enough for me. Okay, all right. I'm thinking Charlie Strong might go to Florida State. Well. Because Jimbo Fisher is rumored to be up for, you know, possibly an LSU thing as well. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I want to know, is Charlie Strong going to coach through the rest of the season? I don't think they've announced that or not. Yeah, it seemed like he was supposed to be fired, but he hasn't heard it officially, though everyone in the know is supposed to be saying. Yeah. 
they they're going to let him coach that that final game and, okay. and basically um if he wins by game. 70 he gets to keep his job <laughs> so so it would be interesting to see but you know what you know what I said before I would I would personally like to see him um coach the Cincinnati Bearcats if 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 just not to get the visual of him um touching the ball <laughs> touching the Oscar ball yeah, touch, that, that's all, all we like, need. like everybody in Cincinnati has to do that yeah i've got to do that now now that, that, i know that that's the thing you should you don't mean germs on that, that basketball by now. <laughs> no, but uh, my, my Bearcats, let me tell you this real quick. So I go to the Cincinnati Bearcats versus Memphis game this past, uh, I think it was Friday night was the game. Okay. <clears throat> it wasn't a big crowd. There's high school football going on here in Cincinnati. You don't make excuses. Well, no, there, 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 there are two parts to it. Uh, well, three parts, I'm going to say. One, oh. is, it, one is cold. It, Five it, parts. It is cold. <laughs> two, uh, St. X, Sycamore, there were a lot of great high school football games going on, and, okay. and people love high school football here in Cincinnati, <laughs> no, yeah, apparently in Ohio. Yeah, and then thirdly, it's certainly not cold out- outdoors at a, at, a, <laughs> at a high school stadium. Well, and, it, and then thirdly, the, the, the Bearcats are just not obviously doing very well. But I, I tell you, of the, I want to Char- say there are fifteen thousand people. I want Charlie Straw to replace Mick Cron. <laughs> <laughs> of the fifteen thousand people that were at that UC Memphis football game. I swear to you, ten thousand people came just to boo Tommy Tuberville. Oh, wow. People had on T-shirts. People had signs, and like they look, they kicked the ball off and they booed. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, this guy, man. Then Coach T, I love his commercials. Oh, <laughs> so they they play Tulsa this uh, this Saturday. So okay. I, I I think uh, they're underdogs. So and that wow. might be that might be his last football game. They played this Thursday, sir. Huh? You say they played this Thursday? Uh, Saturday. Oh, okay, okay. I believe Saturday. Right. Yeah, that, that could that could be his last football game at the University of Cincinnati. So we will see, and we will see what will happen with Charlie Strong yeah. in the future here. But uh, let me segue in, and I'm going to bring up uh, today marks the 40th anniversary of the famous boxing movie Rocky. Yeah. November 21st, 1976. You know who was born in 1976? Uh, our country. Nope. No, that was that was, was seventeen seventy six. I don't know yourself. Me. Oh, Me. Okay. You know what great album came out? Nineteen seventy six. I'm gonna say uh, Fleetwood Mac. Rumors. I don't know that. I don't know that. It well, could check. Be true. It. You need to check. You need to check on that because that's that's great music. Stevie Wonder's songs in the key of life. Okay, I'm thinking of Stevie Nicks. Players only love you when they're playing. Yeah, whatever. So for this episode, our theme we like to take a look at the life. Of Sylvester Stallone, one of the few actors, one of the few actors who's basically he has two characters in which he played <laughs> Rocky Balboa and Rambo. Yeah, in which they're strong characters that he's known at yeah, known yeah. as. You know, because because a lot of times most actors are known as yeah. this particular you know person. Like well, I guess one, Harrison Ford, you can claim that too. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's others, but yeah, he's one of the few. I mean, Tom Selleck's very, Magnum PI. Yeah. Uh, Sylvester Lowe, uh, not not large amount of range <laughs> with, with, with his acting style. No doubt, he was born in New York City in 1946. Father was Italian, mother was French. His younger brother, He's Italian, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> his younger brother is actor Frank, actor and musician Frank Stallone. Oh, stop. Yes, Frank Stallone. That's that's that's, that's generous. And if, and if if you don't know about Frank Stallone, you better you better ask somebody. You, you better ask somebody because 
He wrote and performed. The God, Frank's the love. He wrote and performed Far, Far From Over. Okay. From the movie Staying Alive. Well, there you have it. Stay, and, and, and I guess that's the uh, sequel to, to Saturday Night Fever. Yes. Saturday Night Fever is the best soundtrack ever. You, you could Great. You, you could put that against anything. Great movie. Now, so so when Sylvester Stallone was, was born, there were a lot of complications with his birth, and so there were two forceps that were used to get him out, and I guess the misuse of, misuse of those uh, forceps paralyzed uh, Stallone's face. So his lower left side of his face is paralyzed. Part of his lip, tongue, and chin um, are paralyzed, which gives him that, that snarl oh, and okay. slurred speech. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Now, now, now I feel like a, a, a jerk for, for and you should laughing at him all these years. Parents were divor- divorced at age nine. His mom lived in, so his mom moved and lived in Philly. Okay, and so so Stallone was really flat footed. Okay, when he was young, so his mom got him into tap dancing. Okay, so his mom bought him Skechers. No, <laughs> Glenn, does anybody tap dance anymore? I hope not. Ta- tap dance is what if. First of all, if you're black and you're tap dancing, you, you, you're 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 doing a, a disservice to to the race. I guess if you're white, you, you're you're free to you you can tap dance all day. But 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 I feel so bad because because you know it's something. If you see somebody who can tap dance, you have to appreciate it. But at the same time, it's just such an antiquated you know <laughs> ex, like like you could go into to you could do anything. Like the field is wide open and you're a child, and you say, "No, nah, I want to be a tap dancer." <laughs> But but it was so important to a certain generation of people. I mean, you remember oh, the Cosby something. shows? Yeah, yeah. They would they would have tap dance perform. I think Gregory Hines might have been yeah, on the yeah. one episode. Yeah, challenge. It was so important. Oh man, I mean, it was a part of, of your repertoire. Like like it it wasn't it wasn't like like okay yeah Sammy Davis can sing Sammy Davis can act and and if need be <laughs> he better be able to tap dance. He, he, can, he can tap dance. Uh, yeah, Savion Glover. Yeah, and who. I always wonder, like, like, what are you doing with modern tap dance? Because you know you had to be like, man, I got to make this cool, man. I'm getting, I'm getting clowned. <laughs> Who, somebody looks like Savion Glover too. Um, J Cole kind of re- re- yeah, he does. Re- yeah, he does. Reminds me of, uh, of Savion Glover when he when he uh, when J Cole grew out the dreads and yeah, yeah, yeah no, no doubt about Savion it. Savion Cole. Yeah, yeah. So I always wonder. I always think about that with tap dancing. Like, where where is that now? Who What's does the that? future of tap dancing? <laughs> <laughs> we need. To- Make tap dancing great again. Yeah, exactly. So um, Stallone went to American College in Switzerland to study drama. That's where it all started. <laughs> in Switzerland. Why, yeah, why go out the country? To- well, he, he had a lot. I guess he had a lot of trouble. I guess he not only struggled academically okay. for a large part of his um, childhood, but also he constantly got in trouble. So in, in, in Switzerland, you could get, get your GED in Switzerland. It's, it's, a, it's a come up. Get your mind right. Yeah. So he left left Switzerland, and then he attended Miami Dade College. Okay, and then he went on to the University of Miami with Trick Daddy. You believe that? <laughs> that's would that be funny? That's crazy because that that was uh, right before the football team got good. I guess. Yeah, he was at the University of Miami. He helped recruit Jim Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh he didn't. He did not finish his degree at the University of Miami, which would have been in dramatic arts, and he moved to New York City okay. to start his acting career. Now let me ask you this: How many times have uh, you been to New York City? Uh, once. Once. I was in New York City the mythological summer of nineteen seventy-seven. That that's when like um, the blackout was. Um, that's when like you know 
considered when hip hop started. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, no that, doubt. Was, that was the Reggie Jackson year. Um, I was very influential. <laughs> it was all you. <laughs> yeah, apparently, um, I um, my had an aunt that was getting married, and her apartment you could see out the window the Statue of Liberty, so it was like right there and stuff. I remember, and it's a, a weird story. Um, our hotel reservations got canceled for some reason. Like we went up there and it's like, what the hell? And this was in 1977. 1977. And my, um, uncle best friend lives in New York. He apparently is like caked. He's seven foot tall, but he never played basketball, but he's like super caked up. And he put us up in the Waldorf Astoria which is like, you know, the coming to America. It's like, right. you know, considered like the hotel. Apparently it's closing, which is which is a travesty. But yeah, but I've stayed, I've been in New York once and I stayed at the Waldorf Astoria and I invented hip hop and I caused the blackout <laughs> and I really see no need to return. You were in the uh, the message video? <laughs> I was the one that broke the glass, that made him say uh, broken glass everywhere. Well, I've been in New York City quite a few times, but one of the times that I went to New York, I went to the uh, when the University of Cincinnati was in the Big East. I went to the Big East oh, tournament. Okay. Yeah, Madison Square. Uh, yeah, man, the mecca. I tell you what, man. People in New York City love college basketball. Yeah, they, they love their Knicks. But I'm telling you, man, that Big East tournament when I was there, the whole place was electric. Yeah, okay. I wore a, um, I had like a zip up, uh, Bearcat jacket on, and everywhere we went, and this, I wasn't playing. I was going as a, you know, as a fan or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They were talking. They were just like, oh, you think the Bearcats are going to win? And blah, blah, blah. Everybody's just talking. Every every restaurant, uh, store, the Apple. Have you ever seen the Apple store in New York City? I've seen photos, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's super dope. It's multi-story, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's just, you know, it's clear. You you know my love of, of, of multi-story buildings that, 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 sh- I, I, that are normally single story. I do. Yeah. I do. So, uh, so yeah, they, they, they love college basketball in New York City, which, which takes me into a little bit of college basketball. Segway. Talk. Yes. Yes, sir. First off, I want to talk about local, a local squad here, our Cincinnati Bearcats. Oh, not, you mean not Xavier? No. Oh, no not, we're going to talk about them not next. Not the good one? Nah. We're, we're going to talk about <laughs> them uh, Talk about them second. Bearcats okay. first. Okay. The Bearcats recently, well, they started off this season in the top 25. They recently just dropped out of the top 25 with a loss to Rhode Island okay. uh, the other night. Now, our smallest state. They, uh, what'd you say? <laughs> no. Now, here, here's, a, here's a quick one for you. I think I told you this before. I might have mentioned this. Actually, I think I did mention this in an episode uh, a while back. Uh-huh. But when I played at, at UC, we played Rhode Island. And uh, that's when Lamar Odom yeah, yeah. and Katino Mobley played. And the one time we played at Rhode Island, um, after we won, we beat them. We beat them both times we played and when Lamar and Katino were there. But uh, we went out to a, it was like a club. It was like a, I think like a two-story club. Okay club kind of bar you know how i feel about two-story clubs <laughs> well i know how lamar odom feels about him too yeah because uh he met us there okay yeah it was lamar and uh catino came later but lamar was super cool man yes you're saying oh yeah he he was he was cool and catino was super cool too like he was just easy to talk to and uh and good guys man i'll, I'll never forget that man i feel yeah. bad for lamar odom yeah i mean it's crazy y'all, y'all, y'all beat him twice too oh yeah and uh hell, but ultimately only drugs could beat lamar Say what? Ultimately, only drugs could beat Lamar. <laughs> so, so he, uh, I believe, at that time, he was average, averaging maybe you know twenty points, something like that. And I think yeah. we held him the one time. I think we held him to like seven. And then uh, the second time, I mean, he might have had eleven. 
it's so weird, like like contemplating how good that cat would have been if he just had his his, his mind right throughout oh, no his doubt. career. Because I mean, you know, it was it was a coup that you know he even fell to um to um Rhode Island. I mean, after you know Jim Herrick left, it was you know a bunch of craziness like with his, his circumstance that I forget where he was supposed to go originally. But yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was it could have been UCLA. I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, so UC lost to Rhode Island the other night, and if they won that game, they're playing in a pre like a like a little tournament yeah. here. If they win that game, they play Duke. So they would have played Duke, I believe, yesterday. Oh, okay. Which would have been the first time we played Duke since I don't know the Great Alaska Shootout. Oh, okay. The team I was on that beat oh, okay. Duke back in the good old days. Yeah. Um. The the famous. How's uh, that trip to Alaska? <laughs> tell, tell, tell me about that. Well, okay. First, and, did, and did you meet Sarah Palin? I, <laughs> I did not, thankfully. How annoying is is her just when she talks? Well, you know uh, the, the know. Glenn Rice story, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenn Sarah Palin is cute. I would, I would, I would roll with Sarah Palin in, in, in the early nineties. Speak for yourself. Oh, no, no of, problem. Speaking of Glenn Rice, yeah, you know that was one of the reasons that I uh, wore number forty-one. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. You're just a big Glenn Rice fan. Well, I, I copied his jump shot. Okay. Yeah. I was a big big fan of his jump shot. Oh, okay. I, I, I copied the... Uh, oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> copied pieces of his jump shot. So uh, you asked me about Alaska. Well, um, it was interesting. It was an interesting experience because of the, you know, when you're there, How, it's, it it's mean, dark. It was a plane ride, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, you didn't go by by, uh, by dog. <laughs> yeah, we, we flew. Okay. Uh, it was interesting. I mean, it was a, it was definitely an inter- interesting experience. Um, it was dark the whole time. Um, that's when they had um, when we played Duke. That's when they had Trajan Langdon. Okay, and they, they had the yeah. They they always make sure they play a hometown game. Yeah, and and Carlos Boozer was the um, big recruit that was coming in. Okay, and he was at the game. Okay, and so uh, apparently they loved their they loved their basketball there. That's for sure. It, it was, was in Anchorage, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. So, it, <laughs> what is there to do with Anchorage? Nothing. Well, we went. We is saw there a mall in Anchorage. We went skeet shooting. Okay. Uh, saw some polar bears. Wow. Um, saw some some real Eskimos. Okay. There was actually a real Eskimo at the game, sitting like third row. Okay, Eskimos are people too. <laughs> was there any build, um, build that wall. double story targets? There was not. Okay. No, I, I, have, I have no need for Anchorage then. We didn't. Do, I mean, we went to. Um, I think we. We went to like a pre, it was a pre-tournament like little party and celebration. Okay. It, was, it was Duke, Iowa State. Was Sarah Palin there? She was not there. That's your girl, man. Oh, I mean, you feeling her? I mean, she was cute back she, in the day. What about now? Now it's about Bristol. <laughs> Bristol right. Palin. Shout out to Bristol Palin. You're on your own. Now, one, one thing about, do you remember the uh, Duke-UC game? What happened at the end? Uh, no. How remember. we beat them? Uh, a missed extra point. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Fletcher, who was our I mean, he was our center power forward okay. at times. He was the uh, in high school he was the starting quarterback from Middletown, and so we had this play called home run that we actually stole from Duke. Okay, and so it was pretty much the Christian Leitner play. All right, we had stolen that a lot. You know, a lot of coaches you know just yeah, steal yeah, plays yeah. that work, and yeah. so. Uh, we, we we practiced that. You don't owe royalties. <laughs> we practiced that every day at the end of practice. And one of the options was Ryan Fletcher's taking the ball out at the other end, throws the ball 
um, to right about half court, and Kenyon Martin jumps in the air. And so when Kenyon Martin jumps in the air and catches the ball, he's got a, you know, a lot of different options that he can do with the basketball. He can come down with it, turn. Just all depends on the time and you know yeah. situation. In this situation, we didn't have a lot of time. So what Hugs drew up was we throw the basketball to Kenyon Martin. Obviously, he can jump higher than anybody else on the court. So he jumps up as high as he can, catches the ball, and what he's supposed to do is turn in the air and throw the basketball towards the basket and a sprinting Melvin Levitt is supposed to catch it and attack the basket. Okay. When Kenyon jumps up, he turns, and Melvin makes this little juke move, and Trajan Langdon falls. Okay. And he throws it right to Melvin. Melvin catches it. Boom. Slam dunk. Okay. Yep. I remember that. Yep. That was the big, that was the big like, Bearcat moment. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was getting that, that one confused at first with the the opening game at um, Shoemaker. How dare you? Yeah. You didn't rub the you didn't rub the basketball. I had to rub the basketball. <laughs> yeah, well, one of the things I'll never forget. I got to tell this story real quick, but we were getting ready to play Duke, and, I, and I, we were sitting in this room prior to the game, and Hugs was giving like his little um, pregame speech before we uh, went to the uh, arena. And don't belittle that man. He uh, <laughs> that man's speech. We were we were all sitting around, and we're like the top the top floor at the hotel. And we all come in. Two-story hotel. And, and Hugs, is, <laughs> Hugs is sitting there, and he takes a box of pencils. Uh-huh. And he dumps them on the table. Grabs another box of pencils. Dumps them on the table. <laughs> grabs one pencil. Breaks it. Puts it down. I mean, didn't say a word. Yeah. Grabs another pencil. Breaks it. He's, he's setting the table. <laughs> he grabs another <laughs> pencil. Break it. At this point, we're like, what's he doing? He grabs all the pencils, might have been 30 or 40, and he tries to break them. And only a couple break. Yeah. It's tougher when, it, when, it, when it, all the pencils are together. <laughs> it's a metaphor. And he's like, you get it? Got it, coach. I get it. I get it. You wasted. Um, <laughs> you, you hate the environment. But you know the funny thing about that story is? What's that? <laughs> and he had no idea. When Melvin Levitt dunked, dunked it, he put out a small pencil from his sock. And nope. said, said, there you go. The funny thing about that is, and Hugs had no idea, every road trip we played pencil break. Okay. On the back of the bus. Like, who plays pencil break anymore? Yeah. We always played pencil break. That's crazy. It is. He had no idea. I had a pencil once that that, that was so durable in pencil break. It, it was insane. Um, my friend played me one time, and I hit his, and it didn't break, but you could tell it was withering. Uh-huh. And then he hit mine, and it broke into like eight pieces. It was it was like it was from a, a earlier era of wood. It was like you were playing. <laughs> it was like you were playing pencil. I had it was like a, a nineteen like sixty one pen, pencil against like a nineteen. It was an old eighty three, and it was yeah, it was it was it was, it was no no go. I used to love pencil break, man. Oh man, but people people were haters. You know, people would chop your pencil and just right. like like oh, yeah, people. <laughs> Yeah, it was some kids need need they they they, they junk junk beat for for pencil break infractions. We need to bring pencil break back. It was a waste of school supplies. Let's just jump right on into the Bearcats here. Let's, let's talk about the Bearcats for this season. I'm gonna run down their roster real quick, and I'm not sure you're familiar with some of these guys, Glenn. But I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna make you none familiar. of them. <laughs> Have you seen Jacob Evans play? No, Jacob Evans and Mario's giving me the thumbs up. Mario, he's got game. 
Jacob Evans flat out can play. He's Jesus shuttle. Yeah, that boy can ball. He can go, right? Uh, Jacob Evans. He's a freshman? He's a sophomore. Okay. He was here last year. He had a pretty decent season, but I think he was just trying to, you know, find his way and um, he really worked on a lot of things during the off season related to um, his offense. Okay, I'm telling you, the guy can the guy can score in multiple ways. He can catch and shoot, hit a three. He's got a he's got a really soft his his basketball hits the rim very soft. When What's his position? Um, I'd say he's a I say he's a two three. Okay, but he ran he ran some point guard versus Rhode Island. So he needs to. So he's halfway tall. But is, yep. if I'm not mistaken, I don't not to interrupt. But isn't mm-hmm. he on the the, the Naismith uh, he is. list? The oh, watch. Okay. Yep, yep. He is. He he's he's definitely, in my opinion, UC's best player. Yeah, he he's somebody they've been missing for a while. To where if they need a go to bucket, he's a Joel Santana of this ball. team. Yes, he's what the game's been missing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Troy Copain, he's the point guard this year. Troy uh, Propane. Troy Copain. Okay. He uh he's their leader. Um, I love Troy's game, and he he runs the show. And, and I'm going to dive into this in a little bit about their offense, but he's going to be very key in their half court set, which I think is going to be key for UC making a deep run in the NCAA tournament. And, and that's my new go to rhyme. Um, when I have to say cocaine, Troy Copain. Yeah, got it. Got to use that. That's dope. Your name. I your do. name rhymes with with, with with cocaine, dog. <laughs> What 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 it do? <laughs> All right, moving along. Gary Clark, the, the guitar player. Man, this is a diverse team. <laughs> Mario, Gary Clark can ball too. Yeah, you, yeah, I'm big on. I'm very big on Gary Clark. Now, here's the thing with Gary Clark, though, Mario. They've got to get him more touches. They've got to get him in situations to score more. He's he's an undersized kind of big guy. He can step out and you know hit the fifteen footer. But they've got to put him in positions to where he gets double figure scoring every night. He he's the guy, in my opinion, that makes this is going to make this team a really really good team come March. They got to keep him out of foul trouble though. True. True, very true. But if you look at the last couple games, he's really not had the, the touches he needs they gotta um, get offensively. These, they got to get these games back on Channel 19. And have uh, Kevin Frazier. I mean, man, that, that's our new new UC oh, ball. No, Since no they switched it out, I'm kind of like, like who, who are these people? Yeah, no doubt. That's a shame. And then um, Kyle Washington, he's a transfer from NC State, uh, left-hander. He's a, he's one of their bigs, uh, Glenn. He, he reminds you uh, he'd remind you of a Chris Bosh type player. Okay. He can step out, hit that corner three okay. consistently, post up. Um, he's got this little running jump hook he does in the middle of the lane. Those those four guys, Jacob four guys, Jacob Evans, Troy Copain, Gary Clark, and Kyle Washington. Um, in my opinion, those those guys are as good as, you know, a lot of the guys around the country. Okay. Washington had a big game yesterday. He did. He had 17 rebounds. Big game. Both games he played. He had he had a big game. He he's an important he's definitely an important piece. So where where will we put this team come tournament time? You think think they're they're a top 5 seed? Yeah, I, I think so. I think this team's going to they're going to have their, they're going to have their ups and downs, but I definitely think they will. Um their schedule I think is going to give them a chance to grow. I think they have a tough one against Iowa State coming up. Okay. You know, at uh, Iowa State's one of the toughest places to play in the country. Uh-huh. Uh they play at Butler. You know, at Butler's tough. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a historic place. It wasn't so. it wasn't it wasn't 15 years ago, but it is now. Oh yeah, no doubt. So, you know, they they've got some games. They've got some home games at at Fifth Third that I think are going to be Games where they can really work on getting the young guys in. Trey Scott, 
um, Kevin Johnson, Nasir Brooks, Jaron Cumberland. Jaron Cumberland is their freshman. I don't think you know much about him, Glenn. No. You ever heard of him? He's I've never heard Wilmington. of any of these people. He's from Wilmington. <laughs> and uh, You he, could be talking about, about, about uh, 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 like Akron's <laughs> basketball team. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> well, Jaron Jaron Cumberland's one of their one of their freshmen that have come in. He, he's gonna he's gonna be a star over time. What position he, he play? Um, he's a he's a he's a two three. Okay. He's, a, he's a really strong kid. You know, and to be honest with you, and we're gonna talk about this a little bit later. I don't even know what positions you can call guys anymore because things have changed so much. Just offenses and well, well Mario definitely uh, th- thinks that Demarcus Cousins is a center. <laughs> <laughs> don't. don't. Don't don't get him started, please, please. <laughs> but I'm I'm um, I'm definitely I'm definitely thinking uh, this Bearcat team by the end of the year. Um, well, I think they'll be as good as anybody else in the country. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna, you know, we'll talk about well, this that's in a the second. Deal. But I, th- I think it's tears. And once you get past, you know, Duke and Kentucky and Kansas and Carolina hoarding all the talent, then you have like that second tier of, of teams that mix talent and experience and then you have like a third tier that's probably like 25 teams it's like yeah on a given night that can beat anybody and, and that's probably you know where where i think both local teams fall in yeah yeah no doubt and i and i think too you know the the bearcats is bench that's going to be something that they need to develop the bench is not as strong as obviously as their starters but you're going to need some uh some minutes from your from your bench guys and also you know i'm big on the walk-on yeah. Now they have three walk-ons this year, but they have three. Man, they're, cut, they're they, cutting back, and and I'm and and, and and tuition keeps going up. They have uh, they have one walk-on that's been there four years, and that's Zach Tobler. And okay, and you know every team needs they need that guy that the crowd goes crazy for. The other two walk-ons are new, I so nobody know who knows they, <laughs> know who they are. So you say, Meach? Huh? Say, so yeah, I guess every team need, needs it. I got I got love for the walk-ons. All right, Glenn, this is the part where I want to bring in our new segment, Walk-Ons Against the World. All right. And since we're talking about the Bearcats, we might as well bring in the walk-on, Zach Tobler. Okay. And uh, Zach is a 6'5 senior from Fort Mitchell, Kentucky, attended Covcath High School in Northern Kentucky. All right. And and one of the things with, with Tobler, and you, you haven't been to a Bearcats game or watched on TV, right? Not in, not, not in years. You, you came to some games when I played, right? No, I actually refused to go <laughs> just because of that. <laughs> so you didn't rub the I Oscar think, ball? No. That, that, that was the, the final straw. Okay. Well, one of, the things they, one of the things they do is when Zach Tobler enters the game, on the screen, the big Jumbotron screen, they got hashtag Tobler time. That's right. And the people go crazy. They go crazy for Zach Tobler. Zach, you there? Yes, sir. I can hear you. What's going on, man? Not a whole lot, man. Good. I'm I'm here with my co-host Glenn Riley. What it do? Hey, and, nice to meet you, man. Oh, nice to meet you too. And uh, Glenn, Glenn's not familiar. We just uh, talked about all the different Bearcats this year that are on the team, and Glenn's not really familiar with everybody, so he's not familiar with you. But he's gonna get familiar. Okay. <laughs> So, so uh, let me ask you this. Um, obviously, you attended Cuffcath High School. Now, did you grow up a UK mm-hmm. fan or a UC fan? A UC fan all day. Yeah, my uh, actually, so my my dad's whole side of the family is UC fans, and my mom's whole side is UK fans. And I just naturally I gravitated towards my dad's side of the family. <laughs> Smart man. Civil War. I know. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> I mean, because most people in in you know the state of Kentucky like Kentucky UK yeah. basketball. Like as soon as you cross the river, they're just, it's just all all about, it's blue. about yeah. Like you go to Florida, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like wow, like you oh, know, it's, you're, it's, it's crazy, yeah, it's insane. Now, now, how did you go from Cuff Calf to the University of Cincinnati as a walk on? What happened? So. I was just going to so I had I had a few uh division 3 division 2 offers coming out of high school. Okay. And I I decided that I was just going to go to UC and just be a student, you know, I wasn't really going to wasn't going to play or anything. I guess I guess she said my career was going to be over. And then actually I was at my friend Nick Frederick's house one day and he his dad we were playing out in the back and his dad was was like, "Hey, what do you think about walking on?" The UC's basketball team. He said uh, their walk-ons just graduated and whatnot. And I was like, I mean, that'd be that'd be like the coolest thing ever. And uh, so he called. He called Nick later that day. And about a week or so later, the assistant coach Savino called me up and was like, Hey, you want to come up uh, to open gym sometime this week for a little tryout or whatever? I was like, Yeah, sure, it'd be great. So I went up there. I played with all them and whatnot, and uh, they just basically kept calling me back from there. You just dominated. <laughs> I wouldn't say dominated, but <laughs> well, and, and one of the things, the one of the things about being a walk-on, Zach, as I know, and other walk-ons know, is that you, you spend a lot of time in practice, standing and watching, and you, you don't get a lot of practice reps. Like, and like Alex yeah. at the club. <laughs> and then so when, the, <laughs> and then when the when the games happen, you know, the majority of the games, you're you're sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. And I think that wears on you after a while. At any point, did you want to quit? And you're a senior. You've you've been there. This is your fourth year. At any point, yeah. did you want to quit? I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I've thought about it before. Like, I thought about like, hey, what if I would have gone to one of these Division three programs where I would have, you know, been playing the whole game, like in high school and whatnot, and but, been macking all the girls. <laughs> uh, he already does that, right, Z? Uh, yeah. Hey, if you Tobler say time. So, man. Tobler time. <laughs> Tobler time in the club. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, at the at the end of the day, I mean, I was happy with my choice of the school and everything. And I mean, I I wouldn't have changed what I did for anything. Now, when you when you go around town, do do people notice you? As as the UC basketball walk on Tober time, <laughs> so, I mean, sometimes it's funny because like I'll be you know I'll be out with my friends or whatever, and like people come up and they'll be like, "Hey, are you that Tober? Or whatever, can we get a picture with you or whatnot?" Like, yeah, That's, if you want. Because I would tell you, it, me, doesn't ha- it doesn't happen a lot, but every once in a while, because yeah, Meach was able to milk that for all it's worth. <laughs> 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 No, that's that's cool. Now, now at your time at the university, from a basketball standpoint, what has been your greatest memory? From basketball, uh, I've had a couple. When we, when uh, Titus Rubles had a putback at Madison Square Garden to put us up with like two or three seconds left to beat Pitt in a hard fought game, that was one of the best games I've been a part of. That, and when we can't, when we beat. Uh, Purdue coming back from seven down with like 45 oh, yeah. seconds left in the NCAA tournament. That's definitely got to be up there, too. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. Now, who were some of the great players that you played with? 
that I played with, uh, obviously my freshman year, I mean, Sean Kilpatrick, I mean, All-American. Yeah. Uh, he's playing for the Nets right now. I know he's tearing it up. got to start a, start a few games. Yeah, he's playing really well. And the, oh, yeah, no question. And underrated people outside of programs. I mean, they, people just like to look at stats and everything, but Justin Jackson and Tyus Rubles, I mean, they could guard anyone. They, I mean, they could guard anyone in the country, like, no question. They were, they yeah. were elite defenders. No, no doubt about it. Justin Jackson was one of those guys that's like a, a coach's dream to recruit a guy like that that brings the energy every night. And just, oh, yeah. Just being around a guy like that is – his energy is, is contagious. No question. Yeah, now, what, what are the, what's the most points you've ever scored in a game? <laughs> I had I had last year I had five points and two rebounds in one game. Who was that so against? That was, that was against uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, I think. There, there you go, APB. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was wild, man. Now, now we've talked before, Zach, and and you know uh-huh. you know my record, right? What's that? Seven? You said I think Se- seven in a game. And I, I, oh, yeah. I posed this to the last walk-on that we had, Sam Frere from OU, that you got to go out and beat that record. Do you think you can beat the record seven points oh, in one game? Oh, easily. 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 Ooh. Well, yeah. I, I will say this. I Here, will say here's th- the deal. Just tell Mick, hey, the record is seven. I've got to, I've got to bet with this, 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 this jerk to keep to – keep, <laughs> Keep he's haranguing me on 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 Twitter every day. So so uh-huh. if it ever presents itself, man, we're we're up by like like twenty. You know we need to get behind my calls since I'm a senior. Yeah, you, you, you're not pay, <laughs> you're, you're not giving me a scholarship. Can can a, can a brother get eight? <laughs> what, 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 hey, uh, you gotta ask him about that. Put him you on the line. Throw that in for me. <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna say this about Zach. When when Zach gets in the games, unlike some walk-ons that you see around the country, or some of we've had you see in the past, sometimes the walk-ons are scared to shoot. They kind of want to, you know, run the sets and run through. Zach gets in. Zach's gonna give the people what they want. He's putting that ball up. Hey, it's totally Zach. Hey, that's, it a, hey that's, what, that's what all my teammates say. I mean, they're hey, they're on. If I if I don't shoot the ball, they're they're on me. So and they should. Yeah, be. no doubt. That, and that's how <laughs> that's how it was when I was there. And I, and that's uh-huh. what that's why I love the crowd goes crazy when you get in. Now, how did hashtag Tobler time start? I honestly don't know. They just like I, they just put me in. I didn't see it until. Like after the game, like after I already got out of the locker room and everything, and then people were coming up to me and like people were posting on Twitter like all this stuff. I was like, I didn't, I don't know who actually came up with it, but it was I, I didn't even see it when I was getting in the game when they first when they first uh, made it and whatnot. I think it's that genius UC marketing department. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I mean they do they do a spectacular job with everything they do. They so, said his name cool, starts with cool a T. To see that. <laughs> What's that? It says name starts with a T, and so does time. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell you a quick story. So um, when when that started, I was I was at the game, and it was a home game, and you got in the game, and I looked up on the jumbotron, and it said hashtag Tobler time. And the person I was with, I, I looked at him, I said, "Does he have a hashtag?" And we started laughing. And you got in, and there was a guy sitting to my right, about two seats in front of us. I never saw him the whole game, didn't talk to him, and he turns around and looks at me, and he goes, I bet you never had a hashtag. 
<laughs> wow. And I was like, really? So we didn't have the internet. <laughs> I was like, wow. Man. I was like, okay, I got you. But no, I'm Hashtag not. Hashtag meet your moment. <laughs> no, but hey. It doesn't you know, have the same ring to it. You know, you know, Zach. I'm uh, I'm I'm proud of your success there, and in, in, in being an alumni, and um, you know, and having been a walk on. I think you've done a great job of representing yourself um, as a walk on, and, and done a good job. And you know, I told you a long time ago when you were a senior, mm-hmm. a senior in high school, and I used to see you um, when you would have your headphones on. You were blasting rock and roll. I don't even. Know. <laughs> you remember that? Yes, sir. That that oh, yeah. death metal, whatever you were listening to. It wasn't. It wasn't quite death metal, but what what was it again? Who were you listening to? Do you remember? Uh, probably Metallica. Okay, Metallica. Okay. But I, I told you, I said <laughs> when you get to UC, that's that's all gonna change. And here's my big question for you: Are you excited for the two story Target soon to be coming on campus? The two story Target. Yeah, there's supposed to be a. a, a, a oh, a, you mean you mean the Kroger? Oh, no, the Kroger's coming as well. There, that's, there's multiple two story. Oh, Oh yeah, I forgot about the I forgot about uh, the Target too because the Kroger's gonna be two stories. Also. Yeah, I'm 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 over the moon about about about, about both of these future establishments. Oh, I can't. I mean, I can't wait. It'll make life so much easier. I hear you, bro. You pre- you're preaching to the choir. Walk to the grocery store. <laughs> well, Glenn Glenn gets excited about two story anything. You are preaching to the two story <laughs> choir. I might go there one day in in a, in a in a double decker bus. <laughs> oh yeah, same. You got to. Hey, well, hey, Zach, um, I, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show here. and um, Hey, thank you for having me. Proud of your success, and um, hopefully you get eight points in a game. If you get eight points on a game, you're gonna we're going to get you back in. Uh, we got to get you in the studio. <laughs> got to get you All in right. studio talking about college basketball. All right, that works. All right, bro, man. Hey, hey. You, you, still, hey you still need to play me uh, one-on-one. When's that going to happen? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Remember the one time I came to practice and we played a little bit? You remember that? Uh... I was mm. I was in jeans and a t shirt. We we played. Oh yeah, I would. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'll this co- time I'm gonna I'm gonna come and dunk on you. Okay, there real you quick. <laughs> yeah, uh, all right, Toby. Time. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, uh, good luck the rest of the season. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate that. All Take right, it easy. Yeah, man. Take care. Bye. What's the, what's the Browns boys name? All right, man. That was that was a good one from uh, from Zach Tobler, the Bearcat walk on, and uh, you know the Bearcats play Xavier on the Crosstown Shootout on January twenty sixth. It's going to be at Fifth Third Arena this year, Glenn. Oh, okay. We're going to dive into Xavier a little bit. XU. I hope you don't know much about their roster. X going to give it to you. Now they play that every time. That's so live. I can't listen to that song anymore. I don't know if you know this, but um, they actually commissioned DMX to do that song. Stop. <laughs> but yeah, I've had a chance to watch Xavier a couple times uh, this year. They're wonderful school. They it is a, actually it is a wonderful school. <laughs> but they the the interesting thing about Xavier, and I'm going to give Chris Mack the the head coach a lot of credit. He I think he does a great job of adjusting his game plan for that season to the roster that he has. Oh, okay, and there are a lot of coaches that. They force whatever their system is on the guys they have. They're not fluid, as as Bruce Lee said. You must be like water. Exactly, but but you know what happens sometimes is you, you know you're supposed to if you have a system you're supposed to recruit guys yeah, that fit system. that system, yeah. right? But you don't always that's what I do with land these girls. The guys. <laughs> you, you don't always land the guys <laughs> that you want, and on top of that, you got guys that get hurt. 
and sometimes things happen. Like for example, uh, Xavier's got two guys out right now that are that are key pieces to that. It's Miles Davis, and he's the shooter. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. These these names are give you. Miles <laughs> Davis, he's the shooter. Now he's been there for a while. You okay. never heard of him? I don't know. I probably have. Okay, yeah, a, a kind of he, blue. He, he'd be a senior. <laughs> um, Kaiser Gates. Okay, and uh, believe it or not, he is related to Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, Bill Gates. Yancey Gates that played at played at UC. Okay, that started the fight. Oh know, wow! Well, actually, he didn't start the fight yeah. at Xavier. That was yeah, whatever, whatever. He but, finished it. But he <laughs> Kaiser is related. And he's uh, related to Yancey Gates, but he's hurt right now. Okay, and he's out. And he would have. <laughs> he got hurt fighting. And he would. He would. He would have helped him out. Ironically enough. But the, you know what? The thing with Xavier this year is they they've got a pretty good roster of of long guys, guys that can score. And I think one of the things that Chris Mack's going to do is he's going to really focus in offensively on these guys because last year they had a great defensive group. Okay. And 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 I don't think Chris Mack's teams have been really known as like superior defensive groups. Um, in the past, whereas mm-hmm. you know some coaches just have you know great defensive teams, and that's what they're known as. Yeah. And I think Max been a balanced coach, but last year's team I thought was very very good defensively. This year I think he's going to concentrate a little bit more on offense. Okay, um, Trayvon Blewett, um, he he's one of their guys. Originally Trayvon was a recruit for UCLA, backed out of that, came to Xavier, and uh, offensively he's very ta- talented. But I think one of their NBA prospects, Edmund Sumner, Sumner, he's a very wiry, long. Uh, guard Glenn and and the kid the kid can flat out play. Okay, he had a monster dunk last year in the uh, shootout. But I think I remember that. Yeah, he he can really play. Um, the shooter, uh, JP Makura. I don't know if you uh, ever heard of him, but he he got in some trouble during the off season. He was at a uh, local bar and somehow he either mooned somebody or pulled his pants down or something or other. But he's one to watch. He's a <laughs> he's one to watch. <laughs> but he's a shooter. He he's one of those kids that I think he's a, he's you, a shooter and a mooner. You 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 want to have that kid on your team that don't pull that that's not afraid to, to, to let his, let his jug show the bar. <laughs> but he, he's 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 one of their best players. I mean he's a he's a spot up shooter. He's a very tough kid, and um, yeah, what you said. So and then they've got some other they've got some other young talent, and it's gonna it's gonna come down to Chris Mack developing that young talent and getting everybody especially offensively engaged. And uh, I think if he can do that, you know, they look to be pretty strong. And I think also their schedule early on is going to allow them to grow. And I think that's one thing is being a a head coach, you have to be very careful with the schedule that you set. And sometimes these coaches do the schedule two years out. Okay. They're working on it. Yeah. And um, so sometimes you can't forecast, but uh, in some cases you can, but you have to – sometimes have a schedule that will allow your team, especially yeah, when you have young gradual. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. And that will put them in a good position come come March to be successful. I often had a theory that what if a coach essentially recruited 12 freshmen, all his freshmen, and the first year you just worked on passing. You, you didn't even shoot the ball. It was all about passing. You win the games, it was just an exercise. You, you were going to lose every game because you weren't even going to shoot. But come sophomores – You'd be the best passing team in the nation. Second year, we just work on rebounding. Of course, we have to shoot to get the rebounds, but that's all we do. We just box out. We just we just master the fundamentals. Junior year, we're just playing basketball. We're we're we're, we're getting it. We're getting it together. People start to see the fruition. Fourth year, 
all all seniors, the most experienced team in the nation, you make your title run. And rinse and repeat. You you finish or you done. <laughs> <laughs> so where where's the crosstown shootout this year? January twenty-sixth. I mean where's the third arena. Oh, okay. So we've got to the point now that it's just is that, that that's just considered a communal game, like like no home for, for each? Uh they play home and home. Oh, okay. Uh, they used to play down to uh, after the fight. They played at the U.S. Bank Arena. Okay, that was the reason. They okay, moved fifth. Down I there. keep calling it Shoemaker. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So, so it's at it's at UC this year. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You got a prediction? Early prediction? It's kind of tough to tell. I I think I think it'll be a great basketball game because you, you you know those games you just got to throw the record out. Yeah. You just you know and and, and the, the cliches. The and the <laughs> the thing about it this year is I think UC has a guy in Jacob Evans that. Um, when things start to break down, which the ha- which happens a lot in big games like the shootout, uh-huh. when, when people get nervous, things get tight, and he can just go and he can play. Uh, Xavier has that in um, Edmund uh, Sumner. So it, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know. I have to watch both teams a little bit more. I would think that the Bearcats have a little bit more right now. Okay. Um, but yet some of these Xavier guys are still young. I haven't seen them. But I'm, I'm going to go with the Bearcats right now. But oh, okay. we'll, we'll revisit that come December. But yeah. one of the things I was going to say, if you're looking at um, the, the top ten in the country, and I look at some of these teams, you know, you've got UK who just moved up to number one because uh, Duke lost. Duke dropped down to number six. But UK is is loaded. Duke's loaded as always. As always, they've got talent. You know, at two, you've got Villanova. Indiana's good. They're number three this I'm gonna year. I'm gonna make a prediction for 2017, um, the 2017-2018 uh, season. Look for look for Carolina, Duke, and Kentucky. These guys are loaded. <laughs> as always, you, you ought to see the, the, these freshmen they got. They got this one guy, man. I mean, he's got to be the top pick. You know, you know what? In in <laughs> in, in in speaking of that, uh, some of the teams you just named, these new uniforms. I oh love yeah, them. the tanks. Why did it take them, them fifteen years after after people started wearing um, their clothes tighter for college basketball? You, I mean, we're going to be back to baggy in like five years in just normal men's fashion, and then they're going to be still on, on the, the the tight stuff. I mean, was uniform should essentially. Just take a snapshot of of Michael Jordan in like 1992, and that's just it. That's your uniform. That's the way a uniform should fit on a on a human being, and move on to to curing cancer. Because because we don't we don't we don't need to to keep experimenting. I mean, I hate it when they when they went to the the super wide shoulders. Oh yeah, that was like, my that was my year. Yeah, we had the- yeah. That that was I, I wasn't a fan of that. Like I love the 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 design, but I don't know why you have to. No one was asking for us to um, let kickers decide NFL games and for for <laughs> for a broader tank top. These are, these are two things that that we're not asking for. Yeah, I I, I love the new look though. I love the especially yeah. the ones that I, I don't know what Adidas is doing, but the Nike uh, tank top so, something are, problematic for yeah, sure. I, I haven't really seen much of the the Nike stuff, but or the yeah. Adidas stuff, but the Nike uh, definitely definitely is cool. Um, the other thing too I want to talk about is. And, Glenn, you and I have talked about this on the phone with college basketball. Last year, I was very disappointed watching college basketball. I I thought it was boring. Um, Obviously, the NCAA tournament is exciting because there's there's so much around. Yeah, it's great to be exciting. It can't not be exciting. But one of the things I think offensively 
a lot of the teams in college basketball are running the same stuff. I mean, last year I watched so much basketball. I went to all the UC Bearcat home games. I went to a lot of different college games out watching kids that played in my program. But these teams are running the same stuff. And it's just it's, it's, <laughs> it's boring. You can't trademark the playbook, I always say. Damn. Yeah. Well, there's it, so many factors that go into gameplay, and the teams that have the talent aren't familiar with playing with one another, and the teams that, you know, play a cohesive style of ball um, don't have the talent. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really kind of a, a catch-22 that, that that's kind of seeped into the game. And, I mean, personally, I really don't get into the season until, like, um, conference tournament time. And it's like, okay, you see where everybody's at, you know, right. any any team worth their salt is gonna make the 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 now expanded um one hundred and twelve team <laughs> right. So yeah, so it's it, it's crazy. But yeah, like I said the style of play, you know, I don't know. And with the thirty second clock, you know, that, that that's kind of mm-hmm. changed things as well. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. I, I, I predict that you know over time in the NCAA tournament you're gonna start seeing more teams that um, are really under the radar teams that you'd never expect making runs to yeah. the Final Four more than ever. You know, like your your Northern Eye was yeah, just, yeah. just teams. It's like how's Gonzaga looking this year? Uh, as they normally do. Okay, you know they they, <laughs> they kind of always are the yeah, same. It's always around, yeah. And then some guy emerges like, oh, okay, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like Gonzaga and Wisconsin yeah. both are like that. It's like they oh never man, I hate Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin, there. I, I hope their coach get. Did their coach leave, or is the coach that that that? Well, just super defensive, like man. Yeah, I think he's he's gone. Well, 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 well the the game of college basketball applauds his, his departure because I used to just hate Wisconsin games, just the the defensive standstills. Like, right. what, like what is this? Right. Well, well, something I was saying to you earlier in the about, name of Frank uh, Kaminsky, please. <laughs> these these positions, you know, and you asking me what position does yeah, he play, what position, and things have just changed so much. I'm I'm not even sure what position guys are. Anymore. It's almost like sexuality nowadays. You just don't know. Man, you were, <laughs> you talked about cocaine, sexuality. <laughs> we're making America great again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, sp- speaking of America, did you watch the American Music Awards last night? I cut bits and pieces. Okay. Yeah, I saw I saw Drake uh, 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 saying something smarter, like I understand. And, and I've been saying this. I got to give it to him. Keep, keep your name out of my mouth. They, they, they did, <laughs> he did a Drake point and smile. It was real slick. I think the only thing that's going to stop Drake at this point is going to be arrogance. The only thing that's got to stop stop Drake is, is assassination. No, nothing stopping stopping that young man. Did you like that new commercial, the Apple one? Uh I didn't see it. I, I saw. Um, what is he on a treadmill? Is it like a parody of? Um... No. Okay. He he did his uh, his version of it, and he's he's singing one of Taylor Swift songs, okay. and he's lifting weights, and the the barbell kind of uh, falls over. I didn't think it was very funny. I thought the Taylor Swift one was good uh-huh. when I first watched it. The the first reaction you have to it. How um, dare you criticizing criticizing Drake? I liked Drake last album. Okay. I I said that. What's what's not to love? I'm I'm. Uh, but what was the I'm big, on record. What was the big story coming out of that? Like, what was the who, who had American the best music awards? Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know who had the the best performance. Uh, I did watch it from beginning to end. I will, I will say a couple things. Uh, one, Jay Farrow has to go. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know who who thinks he's funny, and I don't know who thinks the impression of Jay Z is is funny. Was Jay Z in attendance? 
No, no. Yeah. There, there needs to just be a, a, a new thing that, that you, like, for boxing matches and award shows, all I want to know is, is it a Jay-Z um, presence level event? Because that that's what, if, 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 if Jay-Z isn't at the American Music Awards. You're not watching? I mean, you you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like that sets the tone. Like, like, like Jay Z. Well, that Beyonce, means Beyonce's performing. Yeah, yeah. Jay Z, Beyonce, and and Drake are kind of like, the, and I guess Kanye. If they're not there, it's just a whole nother story. It's like, like this is half of you know. It's like saying we invited everybody in NFL except the six best teams, <laughs> right. and it was like, well, no one wants to see that, right? Well, Bruno Mars was there. Okay, Bruno Mars is is, is quickly elevating to that point. He performed uh, one of his new songs. What's the new song other than Twenty Four Karat Magic? Isn't there a new song that that you said that that's, I'm hearing people buzzing like that's that's the joint? Versace on the floor. Okay, now yeah. that's, a, that's that's a straight up love song, right? Uh it's it's kind of that. It, it, it's, it's slow, a, right? It's not it's not mm, it's not fast. It starts off slow, okay. but it, it picks up. It's okay. a mid tempo. It's it's one of those. Uh, it kind of teeters on Michael Jackson, New Kids on the Block. It, it kind of has a feel of that whole that whole '90s thing. Do you oh, like it better like than Twenty Four Care? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Okay, all right, without a doubt. Because I, I didn't like Uptown Funk at all. People, no, people I love that. So I want I want to just. I don't know what's going in the culture that, that somehow that got hailed as, as song of the year. I hated that song. Well, I think one of the things with that song and some of the songs that he does is it 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 it's it's so easy for lots of people. If you have a if you have a crowd of people at an event, you can play that song and it's kind of safe. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? To yeah, where yeah. you got black folks, white folks, people of different ages that kind of like Bruno okay. Mars brings everyone together. He does. He's a, he's a uniter, not a divider. He's five four. Five, he's about five four, five five. Everybody sings it short. It hasn't been a tall singer since since um um. This is how we do it. Key sweat. No, this is how we do it. Cat uh Jordan. Montel oh. Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Montel Jordan's the last singer singer who is taller than than, than than five eight. What about Chris Brown? Yeah, but I mean he's uh, he's, he's kind of off off the radar now. But, I mean I know there, there's been tall singers. Just don't 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 crap on my point, Mario. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm sure we could find, find, find singers that, that group in. But in general, if you said that there's there's a, a male singer um, all-time roster and you said 5'9 is the cutoff point, shorter than 5'9 is, is, is dominating. They're, they're winning that all-star game by, by like 70 points and, 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 and nobody's dunking. Now, now, how tall do you think uh, Sylvester Stallone is? Uh... How tall does he claim to be, or how tall is he? I think he's five seven. I think he he'll tell you he's five nine. He says he's five ten. He's a, he's a, he's, a GD, <laughs> he's lying. He's a GD lie. It's no way he's five ten. Yeah, that's have, what he I, says. Have you ever stood stood next to him? No. Okay, you're, well, I haven't. But you're you're five eleven, right? Uh, yeah. And, and I, I'm I'm listed at five eleven in all your programs. <laughs> There's no way he he sees. What would be your jersey number if you played basketball? Uh... College or pro? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm saying because you're going to the league. No, I'm saying, but you're living it. You know, I'm saying in college, you don't you don't get your your number choice. If I played high school at Roger Bacon High School, I don't know, probably I don't know, thirteen. 
Unlucky thirteen. Yeah, why well, I said the, the 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 Ken Riley thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. that's not my sister. That's the number of my my um my famed New Orleans Saints starter jacket. I have to bring that in so everyone can see that. The the um I got it back in the late eighties. It's black, and I had um, Cooks put the lettering on it. It says Mister Riley on the back. <laughs> And, 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 it says Mr. Mr. Riley. And probably the, uh, one, one of the more prouder moments in my lifetime is when the Saints won the World Series. Uh, my nephew, Britton, I, let, I passed the jacket down to him. And it went, not the World Series, the Super Bowl. And I passed him down the jacket. And the Monday after the Super Bowl, he got to wear the Mr. Riley Saints jacket to, to performing arts. And, and, and needless, to say, needless to say, the game was killed. The game was killed. But yeah, but it, in uh, if I if I if I made it to the league, <laughs> I, I would I would I would want to pick a number that nobody had. Okay, like what number? I don't know thirty seven, possibly sixty eight, seventy three. The year I was born, J- just uh, thirty seven was the zip code. Seventy three. The year I was born. Seventy three. Did uh, Rodman had Rodman. that one year? Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see a list of the numbers that no one has ever worn in the NBA. I'm sure there there's you know, such a thing. Yeah. Like if like there's nobody who was a ninety four. You know what I mean? That'd be slick. Yeah, I don't know. Did did uh Ron Artest wear ninety four or something along that line? Ninety one? I think he wore ninety one. Yeah, he yeah. Well, he, Robin wore ninety one. Robin wore ninety one. Yeah. Yeah. Metal War World Peace just always had something different. Yeah, he got I mean what happens when people because like um Van Exel wore thirty seven uh, one year okay. for, for I think like the Warriors or but you know p- people get late in their career and they start acting stupid right like Chris Webber wore some like eighty eight or something and and um like I mentioned before um Antonio Walker rocked eighty eight mm-hmm. when when he returned to the oh Celtics. yeah yeah that's right yeah that's right yep well other than that Glenn the American Music Awards were they were just okay okay uh, James Bay you ever heard of him Mm-mm. Uh, he performed uh, kind B- of a, kind of a folk guy. B A E. Yeah, he he. Uh, I like him. He's, okay. he's he's a good one. Shawn Mendes. Okay. I think I saw very that good actually. album. Okay, very good album. Green Day performed. I heard that 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 was something political came out of that. Yeah, they uh they they had some words for Trump. Okay. Matter of fact, not only did they have some words for Trump during their performance, but throughout the entire American Music Awards, people took shots at Trump. There's going to be a creative and um and um artistic backlash against Trump for the next four years. Like like, you know, Red State America wants wants to wants to, you know, get 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 real, you know, having a time to gloat right now. But let me uh-huh. tell you, your your um your culture outside of the, the country music awards is is is, is gotta be a lot of lot of shade <laughs> thrown for four years. Just just get ready. You, there, there's no need for um for um to to huddle under a tree because there'll be enough shade for all of us. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, it's but gonna it, be crazy. It and it's gonna be interesting to see what he does on social media because he's quick to tweet old Twitter fingers. He can't he can't be he can't he he's gotta chill out with that once he becomes president. He, he's still he's been doing it. I know he's still he's president elect, but once he becomes president, that that's gonna be real real beneath the office. But what's up with James Blake, that guy? The, the singer, you know what that is? I'm always hearing uh-huh. stuff about James Blake. And I, for the life back, I don't even know like a song they sing. I don't know either. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's the, well, <laughs> well next subject. <laughs> back to Sylvester Stallone. While trying to get an acting, acting career in New York, 
He had to work a couple of small jobs. He worked at the Central Park Zoo. Okay. And he even appeared in an adult film called The Party and Kitty and Studs. Okay. In 1970. You didn't see that, did you? I watched it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> now, he, now, one of the things that really got him going was he had a small role in Woody Allen's uh, movie Bananas. Okay. Woody Allen has one of the, one of the great interviews. <laughs> Let's do his bio. <laughs> Woody Allen has one of the great interviews. Um, it was, I want to say, about 10 years ago. And the lady, the lady that was interviewing him was like, how are you here? And he just kind of like looks at her and he's like, like, just like, what do you mean? He didn't say that, but he had that look like, what do you mean? Yeah. It's like, how'd you make it here? And he goes, okay, I got you. He goes, well, listen, I know I'm not the best looking guy. Okay. He says, a lot of times I'm not the smartest guy in the room. And he just kind of goes through a, a list of things like that. That's what you say, right? And he says, uh, <laughs> <"Nah."> <laughs> he goes, but th- this is what I this is what I did. He says, I knew in Hollywood that I had to be on time because ninety percent of Hollywood's late. I had to be prepared. Ninety <laughs> percent of black people. Are. <laughs> he said. He said, and I had to be prepared. He okay. said a lot of people in Hollywood weren't prepared. And he says, you know, I took those things, being on time and being prepared. And he goes, that's how I'm here right now. That's crazy. Yeah, but the way he the way he said it yeah. in response to, to how she was asking it was, was, was pretty Half dope. of life is showing up on time. True. Real tough. True. So, uh, he, so Sylvester Stallone got his first big role playing a tough guy in Lords of Flatbush with Henry Winkler. Okay. The Fonz. The Fonz. But here's what here's what happened. All right. This is this is where it all went down. He watched the Ali versus Chuck Webner fight in 1975. Chuck Webner. And from there, he wrote a script about a boxer. And that script became was, Webner. Rocky. Oh, okay. Became Rocky. Now, here's the thing with it. He he pitched this script to a lot of people, and and he said, "Here's the deal: the only way that I'm gonna you know do this is if I can be the actor gotta, in the movie. I gotta be Rocky. I've got to be Rocky." And a lot of people turned him down for that, but um, there were a couple folks that said, "You know what? We're we're gonna make this happen." And so in uh, 1976, it happened, and um, they won the Oscar that year. Yeah, uh, for the movie, 117 million dollars at the box office. And um, he then went on to write and direct Rocky II, 1979. He wrote and directed Rocky Three, Rocky IV. And then um, on Rocky V, he bought, brought back the original director, uh, John, I think it's Edson. Okay. That's how you say the guy's name. But but one of the things that I wanted to dive into now is, is talk about Rocky. Because that's, I would say, I mean, Rambo... You know, is is one animal. We'll talk about his 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 career as Rambo, but Rocky, that's they drew first blood. That's <laughs> Rocky is is Sylvester Stallone to me, and um, I want to talk about the Rocky movies. I want to I want to rank them in order, okay, as far as the top Rocky movies. But we got to bring somebody in to help us with this, a Rocky expert, so to speak. Yes, we we need that guy. That guy is here with us in studio. And that's our friend, Patrick Wright. What's going on, man? What's happening, guys? Nothing much, man. Tell, tell everybody quickly about yourself. Um, there's not that much 
that much to know about me. <laughs> but, uh, okay, well, fine. Uh, <laughs> well, Rocky, uh, uh, I, um, well, tell us about Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm uh, a dad, husband, uh, do a sports podcast with uh, with Mario. And uh, Do you think Paul George is going to win MVP? He's going to have to score a lot of points. <laughs> A, a lot more. It's November. It's, it's November, and he's got a lot of time to score a lot of points. Yeah. Harden's uh, balling right now, so that's all there is to that. He is. He is. I'll give him that. So you're a father, father. husband, uh, son. Yeah, I am a son <laughs> by chance. Um, By day, I drive around and think about all kinds. Of, I'm a courier, so I drive hundreds, 200 miles a day around the city. Oh, wow. And... uh just think all kinds of crazy ideas. So I'm always trying new things. Like as soon as we're done here, I'm going to go home and brew my my first batch of beer. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, you you were telling us about that before we got started. We, we've got to bring you back on to tell you to, to see how this beer comes out. I got there's a is I, it a name? You got a name for it? Not yet, but it's probably going to go along the lines of everything I've ever Duff's beer. <laughs> Beats McGreevy is a name that I've rolled with for okay. a while and different things. So it's probably going to be a, what's that from? Beats McGreevy. It's um. Uh, I, I produced a lot of hip hop, uh, just making beats and. Okay. Uh, so I use beats because Glenn, Glenn needs some tracks. I need some tracks. I got you, I got you all day. All right. I got you all day. That's what's up. I used to make beats, and I happened to live off of the street McGreevy in Fairfield. Okay. So went okay. with it, beats McGreevy. So you, it'll probably be beats brew or something. Who knows? There you go. Beer and beats. <laughs> now you're a Rocky expert. I I mean we can we can use that. Yeah, let's 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 say yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> for, this for the purposes, <laughs> I am. So you you've seen the Rocky movies, and I, I want to go in order of the, you know the top Rocky movies, okay? And so um, let's let's do your list first, okay? I want you to go from from five to one. Five. So I'll give you my best one last, huh? Yes, I want the I want the build up. Uh, well, I'm go- I'm gonna have to put um. Man, people probably won't like this one. I'm going to put Rocky Rocky 3. What? I am. I'm going 3. With Clever Lane? <laughs> I am. I am, but here's why. Because I'm going to go 5 next. And I'm putting 5, but that's just because he had to fight the guy that he brought into the game. So, I'm going 3, 5, <clears throat> 4, 1, and 2. So, so you you've you've got you've got Rocky two as number one. I do as your your favorite Rocky of all time. Why is that? Um, well, there's a couple things getting me to that, but um, first off, I think Carl Weathers totally takes the Apollo Creed level, uh, the Apollo Creed character level through the roof, because he just he just brought in more of that that the Ali personality along with what we had seen in in professional wrestling at the mm-hmm. time. And it was just kind of like just the fast talking. It was the opponent that you wanted. So you you liked him better in two than one. Yeah, he definitely upped it. He, okay, he definitely upped the level of of the character that was Apollo Creed. He was he was a lot larger part of two than one. Right. Yeah, yeah certainly because one he's just kind of like a uh, the end game figure. Also, the great line "Yo, Adrian, I did it" comes from the second oh, film. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that just kind of put him. The, the The bad part about two was that it came out right on the heels of a very successful Rocky, the first Rocky. Mm-hmm. So maybe that 
that could that could have held it back a little bit more than what it could have been. But um like I feel like that that film really put Rocky on like a superhero level as far as from the spectator's view. And Stallone was about making that money. He said once Rocky hit, he was like, "Yo, he was on a roll." <laughs> yeah, we 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 go out and milk this, putting him out like Mario Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> now it was like a video game. Like the second one wasn't even supposed to be a Mario. Rocky Two K Four. Let me ask you this: So, you, you, Rocky Three, all right? Yes, Mr. T. You you had that at five. It felt like a novelty thing. Okay, that's why that's why I am putting it there. Okay, Mr. T was, was and maybe was, it was, was because was, he was, was on one on that one. Boy, yeah, you'll be with so, a real man. So. so <laughs> Like, like, whoa, you talking, talking reckless as a mother. And then he, uh, what's guy die? Does he kill um, his trainer? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, uh, what was the trainer's name? Not Polly. Polly was the other cat. Um, yeah, what's, what was the guy's name? God, we should know this. Burgess Meredith's character. By the way, uh, on the Bill Simmons podcast. Oh, you guys are talking about Mickey. Yeah, Mickey. Mickey. Yeah, yeah. the the yeah. word, the word, uh, Apparently, uh, Stallone pulled together, pulled aside uh, Michael Rappaport and was talking about. Uh, he was saying, like, you know, tell me about Burgess Meredith. He said, um, Burgess Meredith, you know, that guy in his time was a real stick man. And apparently, stick man means that you 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 were, get, you were getting on the girls. Oh, oh, <laughs> his uh, yeah, his Stallone was saying it. Yeah, about Burgess Meredith said, oh, you know, in his time, he was <laughs> he was an epic stick man. <laughs> I'm gonna start saying that. Yeah, stick man is the, the 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 de facto term now. Now with Rocky Three, what neither one of you have mentioned, the character Thunderlips. Oh, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thunderlips. No who, doubt. Yeah, who 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 start off uh, playing and then 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 took it took it real and then and then wanted to act <laughs> like, like like it was all good. Like no, I was just joking. Like what? What about uh, what about Rocky Five? Rocky Five because Rocky Five he brought Kane into the game. Uh-huh. Yeah, Tommy Morrison. Tommy, yeah. And then and they turns on him. Then it all gets turned the street fight. Then yeah. it all gets turned around and he's got to he's he has to take out and then he gets his AIDS protege. In real life. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. I don't know the story behind it. The story behind it made it better for me. Cuz like I said the Mr. T thing was I like hated, a novelty. I hated that feel. <laughs> the 5? Yeah. Yeah. So what what's what's your your top 5? My top 5 Rocky movies of all time. Okay, I'm going to start at uh at five, five is Rocky Five. That's that's my, that's the love movement. That's the Jordan Fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I just did. I didn't like that movie at all. The the, yeah. the street fight. I was, saw that in the in the theater, and and was, you walked out. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, I stayed and fought. <laughs> you booed like the Bearcats <laughs> did uh, Tuberville. At uh, number four, I've got Rocky Two. Believe it or not. Okay, we, we, our, our oh. list are the same thus far. At number three, I've got Rocky Four. Oh, um, upset! I like I like uh, Ivan uh, Drago was I don't know it was I I really enjoyed that one. But uh, at number two was Rocky Three. Uh, Mr. T, Mr. T did it for me. I think at, the, at at that time, Mr. T was just at the height. There was just no one like Mr. T. Still, there's nobody like Mr. T. <laughs> one yeah. of a kind. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that that will always be the case. Yeah, that's one of a kind for a life, just lifetime. And when you think WrestleMania uh, one included bo- both both uh, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> we're getting all the characters in there. And number one, obviously, the classic Rocky. The classic Rocky. All right. 
Glenn? Uh, at number five, Rocky Five. Number four, Rocky Two. Yeah, we number three, Rocky Three. Oh. Number two, Rocky One. And number one, the 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 seminal '80s moment. I don't think you realize this, but um, Rocky ended the Cold War. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've actually heard several when, arguments that back this. After he wins the match and, and give give the speech. Um, Gorbachev had had to take a strong look in the mirror. <laughs> and, it was that powerful, and, and decided, you know, what 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 are we doing? And and, and pretty soon, um, the summit started to take place, and, and um, you know, Reagan told him to tear down a wall, and and, and communism really started to fall. <laughs> all from, all from uh, Rocky Four. First of all, th- there are several points to be made in Rocky Four. Number one, he kills Apollo. Drago kills Apollo in an exhibition match. <laughs> th- th- this was this was not for 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 a, a title of any sort. They were just just it was a three round exhibition match, and he he murders him essentially. Yeah, wasn't James Brown performing? Yeah, it, his his living in America was was an epic rendition. Yeah. I, I don't know how you could even get away with with with, with the pyrotechnics that he performed in that song. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and 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 immediately have a fight. It would have taken a a a good hour and a half in, in in 1984 technology to have him perform the way he did, and then get ready for a a a. I mean, James Brown was was on one that night. <laughs> and didn't Drago say too? Like in that fight after he killed him, didn't he say if he dies, he dies. if he dies, he dies. Just the, walking away. The the most callous, uh, literally. He could he could have been accused of murder, mm-hmm. like and you're in America, like 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 we could have you didn't have to extradite, you know. He he was there. You could have, I mean, he shoved the referee out the way. Like this this is this is minimal manslaughter. Yeah, I mean, put like this, what went down? Uh, um um, the the Tenzing case has has nothing on on, on, on Ivan Drago, um, nineteen eighty four, murdering, um. A, a a a near defenseless um, Apollo, Apollo Creed. Creed, near defenseless. I yeah, like that. and and then um, we must we must mention that Rocky's training methods. He took it to Siberia. <laughs> Very few fighters have ever trained for a prize fight by um, climbing a mountain in the snow. With a log, with, with, carry, yeah, carrying logs. And it was th- that that epic scene with, I believe, the John Tesh music. We're all familiar. I don't have to sing. I don't have to hum the entire no, tune. I want you to keep going. And it was it was a, the the musical montage that featured Drago, and Drago would be running, and he would be in a in a. Uh, uh, up to standard industry track, and then Rocky, he's just outdoors doing it, and then Drago punching a, 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 a punching bag from like the sharper image, 19, 19, <laughs> 1984, and then Rocky's just in, in, in some cabin punching um, a, a bunch of laundry or something like everything. Like yeah, he's lifting up um, like a horse carriage or, or like something a horse would pull. And then, then it was just crazy. As if America couldn't fund the athlete 
near the quality of the Soviet Union. So what you're saying, he not only ended the Cold War, but he also invented CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it, it was so bizarre. Like, like, like he was he was using these Spartan tactics when a, right. you, you would have thought America was a was a was a fourth world country at that point that, that they couldn't. Didn't Drago use steroids? Yeah, yeah, and and and. and the then beautiful Brigitte Nielsen, yeah, who, yeah, people forget Brigitte Nielsen was what was 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 a nine point nine woman in the eighties, and 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 that hit a man that went down. I'm not saying quickly, but when it went down, it went down. <laughs> man, what about what about uh, what about these Rambo movies? Uh what starts with First Blood? Yep, nineteen eighty two. He was a Vietnam so from the what, novel. Okay, it was originally. What a was novel. the circumstances that he finds himself um, even fighting the, the war? You know, you know, like he, he's. It's like he's fighting a war. He doesn't know the war is over. What was the deal with that? I don't remember. Or oh, I remember he said he's. They they get his his commander in to try to talk him down. He says no. They, they, <laughs> they, Not doing they, it. Yeah, they they drew first blood. <laughs> like like that like that's the um, like 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 you don't really. It, it's like saying they started it, like like you can you can um, you can never be culpable if somebody hit you first. Like nah, bro. <laughs> now did you did you see uh, Rambo the the first Blood Part Two? Uh yeah, I believe so. That that was that was the big. That's when when it really hit big. That was I, I don't yeah, I don't think the they realized lies that that first Blood was gonna be what it what it was. And then in truth, alone fast, and he says, you know, let let let's full let's, steam ahead on milking it. Let's ride this out. And he had Rambo three. Okay. And then you had just Rambo in 2008. Oh, wow. I didn't, I, I, went, I don't even think that, that one passed my memory. And another thing I want to <laughs> get, give props to, I don't know if we were going to get to this, but uh, any sport that didn't have a prime movie made about that sport, um, Sylvester Stallone threw his, hand, his hat in the ring to, to, <laughs> to be that, 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 that film. Um, Cliffhanger. Yep. No, no, no other film about 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 spelunking, <laughs> to, to my knowledge. Um, over the top. I don't think there's many arm wrestling. Over films. the top is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> that's your that's your movie, Patrick. <laughs> it's one of one of them, along with Karate Kid. Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's no doubt about Karate Kid. What? Why do you like Over the Top? I think it had some. My dad was a truck driver, okay. so I think I had some kind of okay some kind of relation to it there. But it was just. A dad trying to do what he could to okay. raise his son to be good, the best he that he could be. Man, <laughs> sentimental <laughs> note. Gosh, <laughs> we never lifted weights in his truck, but it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had the um, the um, Formula One movie uh, from a few years back. I forget. Was it Speed? No, was it something? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure on that one. Yeah, but it, he hit. Was that was that before or after uh, Judge Dredd? Uh, after it was it was it was within like the early 2000s. I'm guessing was it was it Drive? I don't know. It was, oh, Driven, Driven. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. And I think there was another one. He had a, a bunch of movies of just like odd sports. Like it's almost kind of he did dramatically what um, Will Ferrell has done comedically. That he's gonna take a, uh, a sport and just do a whole film about it. Uh huh. Yep. 
What about the uh, expandables? Spendables. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That, that essentially is because people are out of work. <laughs> it really is, though. I mean, is, is, Carl, is Carl Weathers appeared in any of those? Because I'm going to be super salty if, if not only you kill um, Apollo, but you don't invite Carl Weathers to be <laughs> one of the, the now 85-member Expendables cast. Yeah, there's there's three of those, right? Yeah. Please tell me Carl Weathers has a credit on one of those because I'm, I'm going to – I'm gonna raise a protest. I don't think he does. That, that's just a damn shame. I mean, they've maybe they, four. They've got to have beef, right? If that's not the case. He also did Demolition Man. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That that's came, right. That came out. Uh, that came out in '93. Three. That was, that was the same year as Cliffhanger. Big okay. year for him. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Cliffhanger and Demolition Man. Yeah. Yeah, he's quite. Yeah, he's had quite a few. I mean, he's he's has. I mean, he's got a. Let's see. I think he's been in. At least about 30, 40 movies. Yeah. Since 1970. He was a voice in the movie Ants. Okay. Look at you coming with the knowledge, yeah. Patrick. Bringing it. But how about he wrote and directed Staying Alive in 1983? He directed that? Yes. That's crazy. The film featured John Travolta. John Travolta. And also the song from his brother, Frank Stone. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he gets that work in. <laughs> the talent that is. <laughs> That's just crazy. He's been married three times. Okay. Currently married to former model Jennifer Flavin. How how old is she? I don't know. She's a good looking lady though. Yeah. I've seen him in uh different little uh red carpet events okay. with her. Yeah, she's good looking. He stays with a model. So he got married after Adrian died? <laughs> <laughs> he moved right on. Yeah. He just moved right on. Yeah. Thanks, Mario. <laughs> Um, here, here's one thing. If she dies, she dies. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, He had five kids. His oldest son, Sage, was found dead in L.A. Oh, wow. Yeah. guess apparently he had a heart attack. Okay. That was a, that was a few years back, and uh, his youngest son uh, has autism. Okay. What do, what do we think about these Creed movies? I've yet to see Creed, but, I mean, I, I like the – I mean – you know, apparently it was it was excellent. So I mean, I don't see why that this can't be a a continuation. Patrick, I've heard really. I personally have not seen Creed yet, but I have a problem. I have a problem with people like just leaving. So there's some things you just leave alone. Like Indiana Jones should have never been a fourth movie. Uh, it's like if they came back and did a fourth Back to the Future right now, it would hurt the trilogy more than it would help it. Okay, Ma- Mario. I saw it, but in the same respect, I never saw a full Rocky movie. But from what I saw in Creed, I, I liked it. I thought it was well written. I thought the acting was great. Uh, and, I mean, they had really good actors in it. I think it was a really good stage for Michael B. Jordan to kind of raise his level of acting. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it, it's a further enough departure when Rocky's not the main character that, that we can kind of – leave the the it, it doesn't feel like a rocky film it feels like it, it it's 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 like a cousin as opposed to a son mm-hmm. yeah so i mean i don't know will will michael b jordan ever drop the b no <laughs> <laughs> it will be i think it would be redundant at this point because it kind of separates him from yeah, no doubt. another yeah. famous That's Michael why he's Jordan. not Michael Jordan, because there's Michael Jordan. Right. Yeah. I yeah. wonder will there be a, a, another Michael B. Jordan. 
And let me and I want to say this about Michael Michael B. Jordan. I adored his character on The Wire. <laughs> um, he was he was a kid, and it was like the, the first season of Wire. Um, it just focuses like on the drug dealers in um in um Baltimore, mm-hmm. and he's a kid named Wallace. And he like takes care of his like little brothers and stuff. I don't know like what type of a uh, broken home he's from, but he, it's like he's almost the adult. He's only f- like fourteen. And he like is the smartest one, like a a good kid, a good heart. Uh-huh. And spoiler alert, they kill Wallace. Is that really a spoiler alert? Well, I mean, if you haven't seen The Wire now, <laughs> man, if the, if, a, if a show is over, you can talk about <laughs> it. Yeah, but I mean, but you you know, nowadays people get hip to stuff like, like yeah. super late. But it it. That that shook me to the core, and whenever I see Michael B. Jordan doing anything, I'm really I'm happy because it, Wallace lives through 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 Creed and through, um, you know, uh, Fruitvale Station where he dies again. But but but, <laughs> but 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 that's beside the point. I have The Wire above The Sopranos. Yeah, I do too. The Wire is considered the, the best show show ever. Believe it or not, I've I've not seen either. The well, wire's just well I don't want to break it to you, but Wallace dies. <laughs> Spoiler alert. And Omar is a bad, bad man. Yeah, yeah the wire is so, the the season four of the wire when they take it to the schools is considered the single best season of, of well, any any show ever. The thing about the wire though too is like it wasn't it wasn't just about the drugs. It was what the city. Yeah, it's, like it's basically they basically all Baltimore. <laughs> believe it or not, this happens in a lot of cities. They just pushed everything down to a certain area. And pushed the things out that they didn't want in certain areas and just got them down there. Like, basically, you can just do whatever it is you want to do as long as it's in, like, these four city mm-hmm. blocks. You're talking yep. about Amsterdam. Or Cincinnati. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But it's, The Wire was amazing. It was very, very truthful. I'm about to check that out. I, yeah. I've never had a chance. I've heard about it. And I, you know, the, Wire, the, the Wire and Mad Men are my favorite favorite shows okay. of all time. Yeah. Well, that's one thing Patrick wants to do in the future. Maybe we'll bring you on. You and Glenn could talk about shows, which I don't, I've not seen a lot. So Alex doesn't own a television. <laughs> I don't watch a lot, a lot of TV. Man, if it's not sports, I really don't watch too much. I actually don't watch a lot of basketball when I'm at home. I just stay on the porn sites, Facebook. <laughs> Facebook and porn? Those are the two. Well, see, like, I don't get into it. I hard. try to meld them together. <laughs> Porn off <Facebook. laughs> It's hard for me to get into a show, so I don't know if that if that, if that that means that the shows that I like are the best shows or if I just caught it at the right time. Yeah. Well, if, if something gets enough critical acclaim and it seems like, like, for example, like. Like Breaking Bad. I didn't watch any of Breaking Bad until it was off the air. Yeah, I, I started watching. Yeah. That, I, that is I didn't see that till the end. amazing. Yeah, yeah that, that, that is that's absolutely really good too. Yep. amazing. Yep. And like Westworld, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll get into this. If something's critical acclaim and it doesn't enjoy, involve like prison, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a shot. You don't like Orange Is the New Black? No, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't watch that. Never watched Oz. I, I Trump, hear Trump is Orange Is the New Black. I hear that um, the Night of is supposed to be excellent, but but I, just, I don't really want to watch that. Well, I got I got a couple a uh, couple things here with Sylvester Stallone. He was a boxing promoter in 1980. And guess which which uh, boxer he signed? Mm. It's a Cincinnati connection. I know Wait, you're about Am- to say it. Aaron, Pryor? Aaron Pryor? The Hawk. M- Marvis Frazier. Aaron Pryor. Okay. Yep. That was that was one of his fighters in 1980. Well, that was a bad move. <laughs> <laughs> so what did uh so how long did that last? Not long. <laughs> <laughs> not not very long 
Well, here's a crazy thing. Of there's a, there's a list of all the injuries that Sylvester Stallone has had while you know uh, being a uh, being an actor, he does doing his own a lot stunts. of doing his own stunts. But uh, like, a, of, like a fool. One of the top things of of his injuries is he broke his finger trying to save a penalty kick from Pele. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that there again, no, another sports film that that that. <laughs> That's um, coming soon. The joint where they're in they're in prison in World War yep. Two, right? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. He broke his finger on that. That's crazy. By the way, that ended World War Two. <laughs> Damn, he's done a lot. <laughs> he's, he's just stopping wars. Saying superhero level, man. Rocky Two did it yeah. to him. I'll fight it so that everyone else can have peace. <laughs> well, speaking of that, I'm going to do a little blast from the past here. All right, all right. We're going we're going we're going to take the folks back like we normally do. And Patrick, it's good we have you here because you're a man of beats. So you, you're you're a hip hop guy, right? Yep. Beats, right. rhymes, and life. Beats, rhymes, and fife. So this group I want to talk about. I think of all the the groups and and individuals I've talked about in this segment, this has to be one of my favorites. Not that they're my favorite group, but I think this is one of the more bizarre groups in history. And last week we talked about DRS, Dirty Rock Scoundrels. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with them, Patrick. Yes, yeah. The the gangster R and B group. But but this group here, I'm gonna right now, I'm gonna say YBT. I'll tell you what that stands for. A rap group out of Long Island, New York, that was formed in nineteen eighty nine. YBT stands for young black teenagers. The thing about this group I'm, is I'm getting a mental picture of, of, of young black teenagers. And what's that mental picture, Glenn? Uh, I, I just said it. They're, they're young, they're black, and they're teenagers. I'm, 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 I'm certain I'm right about this. <laughs> you've got, you've got two parts right. <laughs> well, the group was all white. They were an all white rap group that called themselves the Young Black Teenagers, and actually, they were found by Hank Shockley. Of the bomb squad. That's right. Public, Public enemy. enemy. Yeah. And Chuck D was a big time fan of bringing the young black teenagers music to the forefront. Okay. Believe it or not. The uh, the group featured ATA. Chuck D's just all about equality, man. <laughs> ATA. This, this is their names. Yeah, yeah. Firstborn, Tommy Never, Cameron. Not to be confused with. Oh, man, Cameron was in. <laughs> <laughs> and DJ Scribble. Not to be confused with lo- the local DJ Scribble. Oh, wow. Cincinnati's own. Now, what they said was, the, the, the I guess Cameron would would speak for the group more than anybody else. And he said that the, the name Young Black Teenagers was because it was a tribute to the black culture in which they felt they grew up in. And the name shouldn't. The name or the, the the name young black teenager doesn't have to be a group of of black kids. It can be a group of white kids. Yeah. Well, here's here's a, a problem I have with the name. Young and teenager seems to be redundant. <laughs> so if you have three words, why would you have two of them basically implying the same thing, and one of them being actually the opposite of what you are? But wait, can like you can be an older teenager too? Yeah, yeah but, maybe they're referring to like you know that thirteen, fourteen range. Yeah, but I'm saying that's kind that's of that's a young teenager. 
I get it that there, there there's a old teenage there's a range of teenager doing. But but what you're saying is that they were actually older teenagers. Well, no, I'm saying that 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 when people think of rappers, they don't they think of young young black kids. You know what I'm saying, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you say so you're teenager, they should, be, they should have called themselves young black folks. They should have been like like <laughs> they should have either been the black teenagers or the young blacks. But to say young black teenagers is kind of like, well, I think from a naming purposes, it's better than either of the two versions you oh, just yeah. said. <laughs> but I mean, but but, but you should have. They needed like a third word that was that was different. But you I know agree. What I'm with, I agree with Glenn though. Yeah, because like 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 we get it. If if you say young, that you don't have to then give me a a further qualifier to just how young you are, and that's problematic because you're probably gonna be like. If you named yourself that when you were 14, you might be 18 by the time you get a deal. And now you're no longer young. You know what I'm saying? Well, their album, their first album was called Young Black Teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) And Just to double down on on, on my issue. Take that, Glenn. (laughs) And one of the first songs that was released was called uh, Song. It's it's called Nobody Knows Kelly. And it was owed to Kelly Bundy. Oh wow, that was one of the first songs that was that was out there. Not not the, I, I was gonna the, say Kelly Kapowski, but Kelly Bundy. Kelly Bundy. Kelly, a strong '90s uh, yes. television um, heartthrob lead. I got you. Gonna put Kelly with the, the Jennifers of the 2000s. Yep, yep, no doubt. Uh, one of their second songs was "Proud to Be Black." <laughs> they were really pushing it. Huh? <laughs> they were. Take that, Glenn. Uh, one of the other songs they had. Now this is all. This is all during the first album, um, and it was uh, ATA. One of their members. He, he leaves shortly after this, but that's a shame for, is, for, that, for a that, successful solo career. <laughs> that is a shame. To my Donna. To my Donna. That song. That's the guy Pacquiao fought, right? No. <laughs> This was a song dedicated to Madonna. Okay. And they were actually dissing her. Oh, wow. Because she sampled Public Enemy <laughs> without paying them. Oh, wow. But did and they so, have lawyers? I don't know. This, the, the, this, was, <laughs> this was their shot. With a real la- label, yeah. They were taking a shot at Madonna. Oh, wow. I'm going to venture to say she never heard it. So... <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, their their second album was called Dead in let's see, I'm sorry, Dead Ends Kids Doing Lifetime Bids. Okay, I remember that. You remember that album? Yeah. Did you have that? No. Okay. That's where their single Tap the Bottle came into play. Okay. Their most famous song, would you agree? Hands down. Yeah, easily. Okay. We got it, Mario. Here we go. This seems uh, um, Hit Squad influenced. <laughs> yeah, little little House of Pain. Yeah, little, yeah, House of Pain mixed with Dos Effects. A little Fushnikins. Yeah, I was feeling a little third base on that one. Yeah, that was yeah, that was the era of 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 of, of putting Iggy 
on, on, on stuff. <laughs> what if someone came back out with that exact style right now? I'm really curious to like what we make of DOS effects who basically made a career of doing that. And then everybody did it. And by the time they came out with their second album, they almost seemed like played out. Mm-hmm. And I, I never know it was with the, were they played out or did, were they a victim of so many people biting them that they, they, it was almost as if every DOS effects song they released was going to be less successful than the previous one yeah. because they kept doing the same thing. And by the time, like the third album came out, they were they were essentially like irrelevant. Yeah, and and but it was such a weird cultural moment because when they want effects came out, oh that, that was that was the them. cut. I mean they they were they were like went straight to the top. They looked like they were from the sewer. Oh, it was such a dope. <laughs> it was such a dope dope look. Like because they were just like two short dudes with with like facial hair in a time which everyone didn't have facial hair and like mass dreads and they just wore like black Carhartt and Tim's. Yeah. It was just, just yo, I mean, visually it was just dope. Like somebody needs to bite their visual nowadays, but, but all these guys are, are on drugs and, and thin as a rail. <laughs> now, now Patrick, did, do you remember DOS effects? Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I, I feel like that they were a victim of just the, the, the cycle of trends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people like like if you look at like the because I grew up playing punk rock and in rock and roll and moved into making making hip hop beats, mm-hmm. but like with with rock and roll for example, like every eight to nine years or so, there's another big group of people that are really into Nirvana, yeah, right. Yeah. Which I was huge into Nirvana growing up, and now looking back on it, they were not a very good band. What? They were not a very good band. Uh oh. Uh-oh. I could totally get into it more, but here's the thing: you can't really do what you, you can't perfect your craft under the influence of heroin. That's all I'm saying. Glenn, you have some feelings. <laughs> I mean, I just think that the the so I heard um, their best album's Incesticide, and it's not on Spotify. So maybe I just maybe I just have a grudge. I don't know. I, th- I think think Nirvana <laughs> Nirvana's pretty pretty legendary for what, what No, they're they, legendary and I de- I definitely give them credit for what they've done cuz they influenced a lot of people. I'm just saying them themselves. But I think quality wise, I mean, I think think they they the best they thing that the time. best thing best thing to come from Nirvana is Dave Grohl. So you're saying Foo Fighters is better than Nirvana? No, no, I'm just saying okay. the, the most talented member of the band is Dave Grohl. Yeah, I disagree again. <laughs> Kurt Cobain is was Kurt Cobain is, is by no means um, overrated. Just, Kurt Cobain is properly rated as as arguably the best musician of the nineties. Trend setting, all, all things considered. Trend setting. I can. How see. old was Cobain when he died? Twenty seven. Everybody's twenty seven. Yeah. Never died early. Yeah, I mean, but but Hendrix. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Hendrix. Um, Janis Joplin, um, yeah, she Joplin, um, James Dean. It's, it's 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 a list of of called the twenty seven. I think Buddy Holly even, but yeah, hmm. um, yeah, nothing no, nothing could be taken away from from uh, Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain single handedly ended ended hair bands. <laughs> so so if nothing else, we 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 owe him we owe him him the respect. And I mean, I can't tell you when um when um the box. The the channel that you could actually pay a dollar to get the video oh, yeah. run, 
when when um smells like teen spirit first yep. first debut yeah yeah that that ran the table yep like that that was 1990 for you i mean and i mean no one's been able to even capture that that moment again like that was such i mean i, I don't even know if you can capture moments nowadays with the internet in which everything is available to you to to just play the the s out immediately upon its release but i mean even that sound i mean only only thing i even find close to to remind me of what grunge once was is the seattle based band fleet foxes and and let me They're say good. Fleet, good. fleet fleet foxes it is 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 shape magnifica <laughs> Fleet Foxes is good, but see, like I was listening to a lot of bands like that, that influenced Nirvana, like the Melvins and the Germs, and like there were so many bands that came before them that they had the Meat Puppets. They're, they're bands that, are, that Nirvana covered. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, the Meat, meat Puppets were, were they, they, like, they brought out the Meat Puppets for apparently the budget was unlimited for Nirvana Unplugged, and they could bring out like basically anybody. Everybody. <laughs> anybody they wanted. People like, oh, that's what they going to do, bring out Eddie Vedder or somebody? They brought the Meat Puppets. And and, and, and that that's a sample for you. The, the first, the first um, like, instrumental riff when, when, when them and the Meat Puppets get going, that's a rap sample for you. Now, see, some music from the 90s that I didn't like when it came out, but now I go back to and listen to is 90s pop. Okay. Like your third eye blinds and all that stuff that was on the radio in the 90s that I, uh-huh. when it came out, I thought it was horrible. I thought third eye blind had the legs to go the distance. And one of the funniest stories I've heard heard on, on third eye blind is that uh, the lead singer was dating a young, um, gee, I just not thought of her name and now it escapes me. Uh, one of Oscar, um, Charlize Theron. And, Apparently he had cheated on her and he was talking to one of his boys like, man, I've really like messed up, man. I think she's going to leave me where, and it was, it was really the, the exact axis point at which his career was headed down and, and her career was going up. Uh-huh. And like literally like a year before then, he probably just said like, like, like he could have gotten on any Charlize Theron. And a year after that, it was like, no way would you ever date this dude. <laughs> right. And he messed up like right at that point and and, and things have never been the same for either. Where now where'd you hear this? Don't worry about my sources. <laughs> I heard it from Pete Rose. <laughs> Everybody's got a Pete Rose story. He said it was a for sure bet, man. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. Oh. Back to these young black teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about them. I learned it from Cameron. Uh, enough, enough about these young white teenagers. Yeah. The the one thing that I remember about the the young black teenagers, and this is true for a lot of '90s groups, you had to perform at the Apollo. Okay. They performed <laughs> at the Apollo, and it it was, and I remember I remember seeing it. Do you do you remember this performance at the I, Apollo? I. You, I, I think I remember that there was a performance, but I don't inform me. It it, it was did it, did, it, did it go over well. Well, they did the song uh, "Time to Make Donuts," okay, okay. <laughs> which was a, which was terrible, which was which, which might be our theme for 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 the for the, the donut challenge when that returns next <laughs> we week. Should. That's what we need to do. That's going to be the song we come into. But what they did, they what they did that was kind of cool was they started off with. 
uh, the, their their two DJs were they've got they've got two guys. One guy rapped, but he was also the DJ. So they had really two DJs. They were going back and forth and doing this mix, okay. and they were mixing Public Enemy. All right. And so that was cool. So the crowds was like, "Oh man, you got you got to you got to get them get them on your team." Oh yeah, these these two white good. And, and you know the thing was they had you know the two turntables and and one's here scratching and then he like moves out of the way and then the other guy comes in and he, okay. So they're like you know going in a circle going back and forth. And Classic. The, crowd, the crowd's getting hyped and the one lady in the front row jumps up. Okay. And then they come out. Everybody sits down. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what it was. It was that moment when they finished. When they walked off the stage, you could hear the laugh track or the the the, the, the like the claps and okay. the, the um, it, it really wasn't anybody because if digging it digging it no nobody was digging it because if you if you watch showtime, it I did, did, did. <laughs> and it was Mario Van Peebles okay was hosting it that day <laughs> isn't that sad I remember that wow I, I and um one day we've got a list of the great the greatest and the worst Apollo performances. Well, how about the hosts? Well, I mean, I think Sim- Simbad. Steve Harvey is the best. What? Steve Harvey was good. Yeah, he was good. Simbad is always very good on whatever he does. Simbad was on the Breakfast Club, and Simbad is always, always. I saw a little bit of great. that. Yeah, I, I rock with Simbad. Simbad, uh, Adam Carolla was talking about Simbad the other day and said Simbad was, um, was um, performing comedy in um, a snowsuit. <laughs> 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 like like some of the outfits Sinbad would wear, you just oh, like yeah. dude, if you would just yeah. dress like a a normal person, you your career would be like Sinbad would wear like he's got like on a, a a pork pie hat on the Breakfast Club. Like like the, the <laughs> things that he will wear are are just like dog. Like Remember like, his comedy specials? Yeah. But he used to rock the um he'd rock the box. Yeah, and it would, and he would dye it on top. It's so crazy. And he'd had the 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 earring with the cross. I wonder. Always if, the earring. Oh yeah. If Sinbad had a stylist, he would be worth four times what he's worth now. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 gonna. I mean, you know, people want to say, it, you know, a lot of like celebrity stylists, I think, are just a waste of money. Like you could just, you're just lazy. You're too too lazy to have a Pinterest account, right? But <laughs> That dude, man, it, it 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 would a stylist to Sinbad is worth more than his agent. We we're gonna need to do the life of Sinbad. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna need to do that. And why call yourself Sinbad? Like like your boy, um, um, Leon, the actor. Why call yourself Leon? That has to hurt your career. Mm-hmm. No, it didn't. He okay. If Denzel Washington simply called himself. Denzel, people would be like, "What are we? What are we getting on, on, on this on this this set when we hire this guy?" Well, Everyone at, refers to him as Denzel, though. They oh do. yeah, no doubt. If you're you're big enough, but you can't you can't dub yourself just by imagine if you said my name is just Alex. Madonna jumped in the game with "Check It Out." This is what you're calling me. Yeah, but that's a singer. Like like singers uh, is a long history of, of singers just being bam because that's that's a stage name, but. Okay, put it like this: Your state, you are the you are the character when you're performing, but you're in regular life saying, "No, I'm Leon." Like that name, an actor that has one name. That's crazy. Like Fabio, could you take Fabio serious as an actor? I'm, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Leon, 
Sin, I'm Sinbad. But he had he got good roles though. He didn't. He never got got a list Hollywood roles. He got like. But like, the Temptations is a, a phenomenal movie. That was a made for television that it movie. Is. That it is. That was a made for television movie. Hallmark or and not? He that was a the good biggest one. part in the movie. And he also played in a Madonna video. I don't think you understand stand Hollywood and television and 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 the financial difference of, of thus. But obviously, um, Denzel Washington is made. 50 times more money in his acting career than Leon. I'd say, he's I'd also say it's a better more actor. Huh? He's also a better actor. Possibly. No, but no, no, who, no doubt who he's could, a better actor. Who could properly evaluate a, a man's acting when he's going by one name? That's what I'm saying. Imagine if right now you had in, 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 in the NBA, oh, who, who's who's the lead scorer? Oh, it's this, this guy. He just calls himself Harden. You're like, what, what the hell is this? <laughs> but I have a question. Do you think Will Smith would be as big as if he went by his real name? It's one thing if you change your name to something. He's still named Will Smith, a first name and a last name. If he just called himself Will, that would be bizarre. And I think you'd lose jobs because people are like, what type of pretentious jerk are we are we hiring for this? Is Mr. Bean? Is Mr. Bean? Is that one name? <laughs> Well, that's a character. That's the, that's the, he, he's, he's he's his character is Mister Bean. That's like saying your character is is you know double oh seven. Like like his he, he's he's a real actor. David Atkins. Yeah, Sinbad's real name. Okay, that that that's if he was just known as as the comedian David Atkins. Because right now, his career uh, wouldn't be nearly as good under David Atkins. Maybe not initially, but at a certain point, like. I think Sinbad, pound for pound, is as good a comedian as Dave Chappelle. Stop. Yes, I said it. <laughs> y- yes, I said, said it. Stop. Yes, I, yes, I said it. Pound for pound, straight comedy live performance. Historically, Chappelle has improved. Chappelle wasn't as good in the 90s. Post-Chappelle show, he's been right on. But I think he's had enough life experiences to make his comedy better when his writers are phenomenal though too yeah and he yeah exactly he he has writers but sinbad starting from whenever it from 1990 on is always funny and almost surprisingly so like you forget like oh okay sinbad like oh sinbad is really is damn good you know what i'm saying it's like slept on and if he was just david atkins people would be like man we, we got it's like chris rock i think there's this way more legitimacy um, if Chris Pryor, if if Richard Pryor was known as um, as Earthquake, <laughs> you would be like, I don't, I don't know, man. Gallagher had a very successful career. Eh, I don't know. That's like saying Carrot Top. Yeah, I they're, honestly, they're, they're successful. I don't find Smashing Watermelons entertaining, <laughs> but Gallagher had a huge career. True. Yeah. Well, I mean, put it like this: if you're a prop comic, by all means, go by one name. If you're a a, a, a legitimate actor. I wouldn't advise it. Is Carrot Top one or two words? No, Carrot Top's one, but he's a prop, he's a prop comedian. I'm just saying. He's I'm, really cool with everyone in Hollywood, apparently, too. And he, and he he's lift, like everybody's best friend. And he lift weights like a madman. Yeah, he, he didn't look like that originally. He, he, I don't know. I no, feel, he started and he was a skinny dude. He just got yeah, huge out right. of nowhere. Started cracking his walnuts, which is his index finger and his, <laughs> his thumb. He's got to have personal issues to, 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 <laughs> to be Carrot Top. Have you guys ever seen... Mario, Patrick, Glenn, have you guys seen the movie House Guest with Sinbad? Yes. You've seen that? Yeah, it's I'm been gonna, a while. I'm going to tell you right now, 
when I was in college, that movie right there, House Guest. Was that the one when he was like impersonated to be somebody? Yes. Yeah. I've seen he that. was the he wanted to be the, uh, he was acting like the dentist. Okay. That movie we watched that movie every day in college. Every, every day. day. Every if you if we were to call my How roommate about first Sam, kid? Hey, you watch First Kid? I've seen First Kid, but <laughs> oh, House God. House Guest is one of the funniest movies. And we watched it the first time. I never forget this. And we were like, "Oh, this is dumb." Okay. Then we watched it the second time because we didn't have any other movies. So it's arguably better than than any Dave Chappelle movie. I'm not saying that. I'm saying well, name a Dave Chappelle movie that's better than House Guest. It's Sinbad's best movie. I'm not. I'm not as familiar with with uh, well, that's Chappelle's. He doesn't really have any movies except for the hey, what's, what's the one he's in? Uh, the, what, where he's smoking. Smoking. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the only one he's that's really what I'm in. Saying. I, and, and if we were to call my old roommate Sam Dunn, uh-huh. he would tell you the God Sam Dunn. <laughs> we know that movie from the beginning to the end, well, word for sh- word. That's a shame. It's a beautiful movie. And and and, and you haven't seen all the Rockies. How, how did we go from young black teenagers <laughs> to, to Sinbad? Because Sinbad was once a young black teenager. <laughs> yeah. This is this is great. I enjoy this. The evolution well, of storytelling. That's right. <laughs> so so uh, so back to young black teenagers. Cameron, who I was telling you about earlier, he was the DJ, and he went on to have quite a bit of success. Okay. Um, he did a lot of production. He's actually the guy who did all the DJ scratching. In the film Juice, okay, that was that was all him doing that. It's a little, little, little tidbit. <laughs> well, wow, he must he, he which, bought several homes off of that move, which led to him being in House Party too. He okay. played Jamal. You guys remember that? No. Oh, is he, is he a kid that was like we, trying to be black? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Then the other guy, kid and play, was also trying to be black. <laughs> <laughs> then the other guy, Tommy, never who's in the group, he now runs a health management firm <laughs> in New York City. In 2015, Cameron said on Facebook that he might, he just might, release the third unreleased Young Black Teenagers album. I'm waiting. <laughs> well, I'm about to follow him on Spotify Man, right now that, that, so I get that notification. Yeah, yeah. as soon as that drops, let, let me know. <laughs> it's, they saw Quest last week and said, "Man." Yeah, we can we can do this. Man, break it out. Wouldn't that be funny though if it was actually a good album? It can't be. Define good. I mean, what's well, tough to say that they're they're if, uh, if Jerobi can come back out. Well, like I said, I don't I don't know why more people can't do it, but apparently it, can, it it's difficult to be done because yeah. you know, like I said, how how tough is it to find with an unlimited budget for half these cats? You mean to tell me you can't find with fifty thousand dollars fifteen live beats in the whole wide world? In the whole wide world, you could probably find really good beats and not hardly spend any money. You could at all. find really good beats for for a thousand dollars. You 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 could be able. It's it's insane. I do not I do not understand it. It, it blows my mind. Apparently, Patrick Patrick has some beats. But that's what I'm saying. Fire like, 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 fire all day. I mean, like and and and. and I've never met like if if Patrick's done a hundred beats, which any beat maker who's done it for four years plus would have probably four hundred. There's it's impossible to to go through somebody's catalog and not find like three things that's just cold blooded. I mean, the, and, and that that's minimal. At the height of my beat making, I was making like nine to twelve beats a day. There you go. Because that's just what I was. That was that was how. That's where I was getting my income from. Have you ever rapped? Yes. 
You did. What oh, was yeah. your rap name? It was Beats. Since man. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. No, it was Beats. <laughs> it was Leon. <laughs> it was Beats McGreevy. Okay. Like it was. Uh, Everything's under the Beats. I don't know what, <laughs> know what you understand. Everything's falls under the Beats McGreevy. Uh, umbrella. If you, <laughs> his clothing line, Beast McGreevy. His beer, Beast McGreevy. His rap name, Beast McGreevy. I had his a beer. beat name, Beast McGreevy. Beast McGreevy in life. McGreevy. <laughs> Where do you live at, Beast McGreevy? <laughs> I had a beard oil company for a minute. It was called Beats Beard Oil. <laughs> and his headphones, Beats McGreevy by Dre. <laughs> I do have a pair of Beats at the house. <laughs> It's just to keep, it's just to keep up the look. I, I produce beats too. I got to bring bring it up. But you have you ever heard of my beats? No, never heard your beats. I got like a, I got like a thousand beats off of. Um, just get, let me hear the off, best one. Off of play, okay, I'll, I'll bring it in one day. I'll freestyle I, to it. We can actually find find um someone if I if I can go to my email and download it. But but yeah, I. I got a song that made Block Showdown. A lot of people don't know about that. that, 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 that that's <laughs> Nobody a hit. knows about that's that. That's a hit. And, and, and of course, and of course, Southern Five Hundred, which is which I've is heard that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Heard that. Which is which is always available on YouTube, which which no one will ever listen to again. <laughs> I will. <laughs> oh, it, it's dope. If if, if you it's like going down on the ride home, if you like NASCAR. <laughs> hey, listen, Patrick. We want to thank you for coming on the podcast. You Thanks for a, having you me. You added another element to our podcast, and I no appreciate doubt. that. And um, this was—I thought this was a great episode. I appreciate you guys. Fourteen, number fourteen in the can. That's right. And um, like I said before, this show's dedicated to my guy Ish out there. And uh, noise in heaven. Listen to a little uh, tribe called Quest. Yep. So uh, Ish, we got it from here. And I have no further comments. Okay, solid wall of sound. <laughs>